Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is, as always, my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line is certified Florida man and Florida Senator, Phil Jakes. This one might take a while. He's already got the douche chills. The headphones are still on, though. Marty out of water. He likes it. It's way too happy. Well, we can't do the goofy stuff all the time. We have to change it up sometimes. All right, we need a rating on this one. Oh, there it is. 5.6. I thought it was over. My apologies. Christ, I'm out of water already. We just started Is this the show. Mumford and Sons or something? It might as well be. Keston Cobbler's Keston Club. Cobbler's Club. No idea who they are. They're a bunch of... Uh, and don't tweet at me, people. I don't care. Amish people? No, they don't look Amish. They look like they wear way too much no, they're, makeup. No, they're a bunch of aging hipsters that are all dressed up in a bunch of retro uh, clothes. And don't they have their shoes off and they're in like a New York City park. Area. Oh, guy broke out the trumpet. There he is. All right, we can kill this thing finally. People who, I feel like uh, I hear an accordion in there. There is. There is an accordion. There's like seven or eight different instruments going on at once. It's My Polish heritage comes to use sometimes. It's this weird kind of like group jam session, hipster bullshit nonsense. Anyway. I give it a 5.6. All right. By the way, people, if you're just they want to be hippies, but they don't, they're not edgy enough to do the actual drugs. Yeah, they don't want to be dirty, and they don't want to smoke weed or do acid, and they don't. What did it? They don't want to wear the clothes because they're gross. Anyway, they're um, the type of hippies that shower. They're just not in all the way. Yeah, they're you know they're not hippies. Anyway, we typically start the episode off with personal updates. Now we are getting close on time as of recording. To us going back to Thompson, weather permitting. Tomorrow? <laughs> Tomorrow you'll get a race. Uh, Wednesday, I'm not so sure. I could be wrong. Who the hell knows? It's the weather. You can't predict it. They try, but they don't. So I was out double-checking my car because, let's be fair, it was ready last month. And we didn't race. Uh, so it's basically set on jack stands and I haven't really touched it. Or it's been inside my trailer. And I'm not touching it. So I wheeled it in uh, before I went on vacation a week ago, and it sat in the garage ever since. And then I went out today, touched a few bolts to see if they would fall off, and everything seemed to be attached. But I found a couple problems or issues with the front end that I didn't quite like. So I had to remedy that situation, put it back on scales, and my scales aren't reading properly. So, okay, we're just going to see what happens. Uh, and then I did the geometry in the front, just reset everything back to zero and uh, put it back on jack stands. So that's about it. We're racing on Wednesday. I am not, well, supposedly weather permitting, uh, but I am not doing the open street sock show on Tuesday because I don't have, I don't have the budget and I don't feel like 
in a shortage of tires trying to find four more tires that I can put 50 laps on and uh, them, you know, not matter. I guess I'm not that much of a racer, but you know what? Uh, I don't have the money, so I'm not running. I have to focus on what pays points, and that's all that my sponsors give a shit about. So that's all I'm doing. I really wish they had put the uh, open race on Wednesday instead, so you guys could have double dipped a little easier and at, at least get start money, whatever that is, because that wasn't advertised. Yeah, purse is not advertised, which is another selling point for me to not run the race. And when the rule book is one page long, then you know somebody with a late model I thought body. It was fifteen hundred to win. It is. Yeah. That doesn't matter doesn't to most tell, teams, it doesn't, though. doesn't show you how much to pay to start. I when know, I, when I look at a purse, bucks. I don't look at what it costs, uh, what it pays to win. I look at what it pays through the field. Oh. Yeah. I'm only about the winning part. Well, yeah. You can't win every one of them. <laughs> right. But would you rather get paid like 150 bucks to start or 20 bucks to start? Well, I don't know. If I'm willing to ball a $20,000 race car that I'm coming off of four, you know, battling to the line for 1500 bucks, I guess I could. I don't really care what, what the starting price is. That's another way of looking at it, I guess. I Yeah, but I look things we don't look at Yeah, we don't look at it from we are looking to destroy our cars. We look at it as can we pay for gas? Yeah. But, I wish I would be there, but I can't. But, you know, somebody's going to show up with a late model body with $20,000 worth of light, lightweight polished stuff in the bearings and transmission and rear end and they're going to have all the best of the best that you can't that you shouldn't be putting into a street stock but you are anyway and uh they're going to run you know this car that's forty thousand dollars street stock and they're going to win 1500 bucks so there's no point in it, me showing up it's probably going to be renfrew uh newcomb that guy in the two car maybe, maybe the name. 67 shows up and does that race uh plemons and maybe Macrino shows up and does it. That'll be your top four, and then Waterman in fifth. Whoever shows up at Waterford for the open street stocks, you'll see them there probably. But, uh, again, I'm not going somewhere I know that I'm going to be outgunned because our rules are much, much more thorough than just one page, and you know somebody's going to show up with trick everything. So yeah, I it, don't have it's trick a cool, everything. It's a cool idea. It just needs to be done on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Yeah, you can't expect the local guys to run the race before their point race because if they get wrecked, what are they going to do? You run yeah. it after the point race, then it gives them incentive because they have a month to fix it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'd put the yeah I'm with yeah, I'd put the the open show after. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody will show up for it, but it ain't going to be me. So, anybody else have anything going on? Ooh, ooh, me. Oh, what do you have going on? Ooh, me. Uh, let's see. Four years ago today, uh, my my co car owner and part racing partner uh, died. That's my father. I think you hit the wrong button there. Uh, Why you gotta bring us down? <laughs> I forgot that was today. <laughs> that's how I deal with. That's how I deal with things. I don't. <laughs> I do the same fun. thing about my father. I laugh about dumb stuff that he would do or say. So I yeah, you're dead, dead too. <laughs> <laughs> <What the> fuck? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well, to be fair, they'd probably laugh at it. So I mean, it's all right. Who else is dead? Parents? Are we going to pick on today? I don't know. Um, anybody out there have dead parents? Please write to us at makinglabspodcast <laughs> at gmail dot com, and uh, Jesse will make fun of them on the air. 
we'll or leave a us laugh. a voicemail and tell us we're insensitive pricks. Yeah, that's what'll happen. We'll have a good laugh. What the well, hell? Yeah, well, 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 that's all we're doing. Just screwing around anyway. <sighs> I have nothing going on right now. <laughs> all right. So when's your next race? I still race, don't I mean, have my truck. Oh, still. Yeah. Why bought is a truck the... in April? Still don't have it in my possession. Why? Still can't get a transmission control module. <laughs> really? Thanks, Joe Biden. Really? You can't... It's not his fault before we get shit. Yes, it is. It technically is because Bueller. he appoints his cabinet heads, um, and sick. that's part of it. He d- he wasn't the one that shut down the country. It wasn't Trump either, he, no, to be fair. He, he wanted but... it, though. Right, but... He's not doing anything. He's mentally re- a retard. Well, okay. It, no, you say invalid. He's literally yes, invalid. that. It's not him. It's the cabal of whatever it is that pulls the strings, whoever it is. Probably next race o- is supposed to be it's probably September o- 24th. It's probably Obama. It's his third term. We all know it. <laughs> We're not supposed to say political stuff anymore. Uh, next race is September 24th, you said? Supposed to be September 24th at Citrus with the hey, Wheelman series. I was actually listening. Uh, Wheelman. All right, so that's going to be a fun race, I bet. And then where's Citrus? Yeah, Citrus. They actually right. have 27 cars signed up already hmm. three weeks in advance for the next uh, Wheelman show at Auburndale. So there's a lot of new cars popping up, and I'm curious to see how the Citrus show is going to end up. Did they call it Citrus because they grow oranges down there? No, they don't grow oranges in Citrus County. My, Florida things. more south? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's being facetious or not. No, I'm, I'm very serious. They don't, there's no citrus groves that I've ever seen in Orange County. They're more south. Apparently, more cit- citrus County, rather. I was going to say, I thought they would be further south thing. Apparently, Swamp Scum Speedway was already taken. <laughs> swamp Scum and Spiders? Yeah. Raceway. I, I'll refrain. <laughs> <laughs> Pinty series I, on. I dirt. do really like Citrus. Mm-hmm. There's other tracks in this state that I probably would never take me my car to. Indigestion, but that's okay. I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I think Jesse would find this very interesting. I would. What is it? Uh, NASCAR Pinty series on dirt. Ash Weekend Speedway. I have no idea where that is. It's got to be sounds Canadian. Canadian. Uh, Ontario. Uh, yes. Okay. I have no idea where that is. This is a dirt track. I don't know. So whatever, that's cool. track they run. They got sprint cars like in the their Pinty header. Series. They have. They, I don't know. I love Aren't the they on there. Flow Racing? Yes, they are. Awesome. Yes. And YouTube. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Okay, kind of like the Stadium Super Truck Series. They're on YouTube. I think, yeah. I think they're racing. Is it tonight or tomorrow? The Pinty Series is racing. Man, it's pretty early in the week for them to be racing, huh? Maybe. I, I yeah. saw something that they were racing like a Monday or Tuesday coming up. I don't know. Keep your eyes on Flow though, because we'll probably find out. They're fun to watch. Anyway, I like the I like the body styles in those cars too. They're awesome. Plus, they still I'm, have Dodges. Plus, I'm a Dodge guy. Dodge, well, the Challenger and the Charger and the 300. They're all made in Canada, so that's why. But they don't Canada. look like street cars. They look pretty cool, though. To be fair, they look the really good. Cup cars really kind of don't look like street cars either. <laughs> well, that's always been the NASCAR fans' argument yeah. that whatever they said they look more like them this year with the new next gen car, but they. Honestly, kind of don't. They still look cool, but I mean, they whatever. are. Uh, and they look the better Australian, than the last one. The, last new, the new Australian supercars are way better looking, by the way. 
to to the average NASCAR fan that's 15 beers deep on lap 30, they look just like a streetcar. Hmm. Yeah, close right. enough from their house. Anyway, we should go into the second segment of the show because we have been padding this thing out for too long. And it's the much beloved second segment of the show. Oh, yeah. Which is the Darf comment of the week. There it is. And I kind of picked. So excited. I kind of picked something a little bit. <laughs> a little bit different this week, I suppose. I'm doing a little extra layering now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got comments on your uh, board usage, and I'm like, I'm not taking it away from him. It's his, and that's his baby. Oh, they don't like my board usage? Uh, they didn't say they didn't like it. They're just like, oh, Jesse and his board. I'm like, it's funny, isn't it? All right, so um, we I was really kind of digging deep kind of late for this one, but this kind of hit me interesting because it is a complaint that I have yet to hear, but it also further kind of proves my point that race fans can, will, and always do complain about anything that they possibly can, and they might be the dumbest fans on the planet. But anyway, I regress. Jeff Gluck tweeted a picture of Kimi Raikkonen's new car, which we will talk about in a minute, that he is running for Trackhouse Racing at the Watkins Glen. It's, what, this weekend, right? This upcoming yeah, weekend is Watkins Glen? next race is Watkins Glen. And then they run Daytona for the regular season finale, I believe. Yes, sir. All right. So, Raikkonen's going to be in the Project 91 car, which is going to be some kind of floater program where they stick other different types of uh, yeah, racers in the like car. Yeah, they're going to have like a special like guest a- drive every every race that they enter that in. And uh, Justin Mark said he was going to do maybe, you know, try to make it next year, do like eight or nine races. Yeah, it's going to be a very part-time like car. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like a fun third car or whatever. Maybe maybe they'll find maybe they'll grow it, see where it grows. Yeah. That's what he said. And I know that uh, Raikkonen had a test with the team at a different racetrack. I forget where it was, Road America or something, or Road Atlanta. I can't remember what track they were at. Uh, they were at uh, actually they were at VIR, and that was actually the oh. Action Express test car. That wasn't even one of their cars. Oh, okay. Because I know we they tested a, G- a next gen prototype at VIR. Yep. What the hell's a prototype? Well, one of one of the test cars that the uh, the Action ones they Express- can't actually race. Yeah. yeah. But it's the same basic thing? Yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So it's one of the earlier cars. All right. Um, yeah, I guess his test went really well. Yeah, it was VIR. So, yeah, I guess that went really well, like better than they'd expected. And I know he's been doing pit practice and stuff as well. But anyway, this car. Jeff Gluck tweets. And this is only eight hours ago, by the way. Kimi Raikkonen will have sponsorship from tech companies uh, Recogni and I-L-O-Q at Watkins Glen for the debut of Project 91. Who? Well, yeah, I, I've never heard of them either, but then again, I don't know probably 99% of tech companies. And the common person who is like me probably doesn't know either. So, Hey, NTT sponsors the IndyCar series. That's and the I know, only reason I know about them. And I know <laughs> nothing at all about what they do, no. and I can't be bothered to even look it up. I've got no clue what yeah. NTT does, That's and I've never me. Googled it. Because I think I'm I'll like, Google it now, I suppose. But I mean, we're already talking about it. We might as well. I know that there's some kind of tech-based company, right? I mean, I know AT&T, but... We know. should Google these two while we're at it. Yeah. But anyway... They're a telecommunications... Corporation? So they yeah. probably have a blanket oh, of co- uh, companies underneath them. Yeah, it's the. It's, I don't know. 
<laughs> Click it's, about us. We'll figure it out. It's the <laughs> this is the kind of content people tune in for. The Nippon Telephone and Telegraph Company. So it's Japanese, okay. NTT through technology. We let's see here. Just click the about us. Maybe they'll have some info while we uh, go into through the Darf tech. comment of yes, the week. Yes, so I'll accept all the cookies. God. <laughs> <laughs> They have cookies? We are leading IT infrastructure and services company and part of a global Nippon Telegraph and Tele... No, why did NTT they Corporation. Why did they bother even using the word telegraph? Okay, in, the, in their Because the name? company probably goes back to being when the telegraphs existed. Well, I think it's time to upgrade. I mean, here, this is, this is the... What Char- does AT&T stand this for? This is the Charleston Pigeon Carrier. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts changed their name. Why can't they? Well... Uh, like I said, what does AT&T stand for? Yeah. Atlantic Telegraph and Telephone? Yeah, get rid of the telegraph part. No one uses <laughs> Where is that. Where's the telephone and telecommunications? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah whatever. This is the, we'll look it up later. This is the Foxwoods Smoke Signals Telephone Graph <laughs> <laughs> Company. Why not? So, yeah. yeah like they're I said, tele- this is the kind of there's, content there's that people techno- tune in for. So, yeah. yeah all right. So, whatever. They're technology <laughs> in, in talking <laughs> stuff. All right. That's the only thing company. that we know about them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so these companies are probably no different, and I don't care. Okay, I don't care if well, who sponsors a race car. I don't care who sponsors. Well, a race that's car. what it is. You know, you're supposed to look at the sponsor. Hey, Kimi Raikkonen is sponsored by these guys. Let me do some actual like Google, abstract yeah, thinking, I mean, and we'll Google them and figure out what they're about. Right. Anyway, Kimi Raikkonen probably doesn't even know who they are. I don't think he cares either. He's a Formula One champion who has a yacht. Well, and a he's place just like every other race car driver that <laughs> reads. Hey, I want to thank some of my sponsor as they look down the look side, down of, the their side car. of the car. Who are you? Yeah. Uh, who did I have to do appearances for this yeah. week? Anyway, this guy chimes in with the same basic complaint. His name is Marco Farve at M A R K O F A V R E. I think that's how Brett Farve types his name, doesn't it? Or spells yeah, I believe it? so. Yeah. Favre, yep, that's it. At Marco Favre on Twitter, or Favre, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He might pronounce it different. Who cares? F-A-V-R-E? Yeah, Favre. I'll call it Favre. Marco Favre, he comments to Jeff Gluck. That's what's on the back of like half of Wisconsin. He tweets (laughs) back to Jeff Gluck about the sponsors on the 91 car. Gotta love sponsors that fans have never heard of and will never use. Where's my fucking Folgers? I hate it when companies dump money into my sport. What the? It's fuck? not in your cup. Shut up and go away. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Everybody, I don't care. We gotta turn that up more. No, not that one because Phil's loud enough. <laughs> anyway, um, <coughs> pardon me. Why don't we Google these companies? Because we could do this guy a gigantic favor and what tell is it them again. What the- R E C O G N I. R E C O G N I. Yep. Let's see what that Bingo. is. Recogni or re, re. I'm gonna put company because yeah, because it might be some weird translation. And I just want to make sure. Probably go to an Italian porn site or something. All right. Uh, real Italian porn site. Oh, there it is. There's a Recogni. Use your com. hand all the time. Real time. Let me see that logo. Oh, more cookies. They're not gonna give us any. Okay. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's the logo. What do they do? 
See, we're doing these people a favor because they don't know. And a simple Google search within how many seconds was that? That literally took me 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Not we have an answer. I have how long do you hands. think it would be to type out that text on your phone? It, there's state-of-the-art visual perception for autonomous vehicles. Okay, so... Okay, so like an IT company that bases in autonomy, like doing, you know, AI based, and stuff. Yeah, well, it's visual perception. So I would imagine that it's probably... Basically like radar guidance type of stuff. Yeah, it's a guidance system that, it, that they can detect ah. obstacles and stuff. Hence the name. Recogni, like recognizing stuff. Yeah, it says providing the highest performing AI. You clicked off it. <laughs> no, it's one of these. Oh, uh, it's one of them things that scrolls itself. Oh, no, no, on. no. It's not. It's it's one of those enhanced user experience I hate that. things. Can you where go you have up to at scroll, all? No, you have to scroll down. So is it? It's oh, you like keep the scrolling. That's park sucks. assist feature on in, in auto driving on. Yeah, Tesla's basically and they whatnot. do they do work for yeah like autopilot. See, automatic right driving, stuff like that. There you go. Okay. So, so they're responsible for the downfall of society. All right, Jess, now let's Google. Yeah, this is some uh, futuristic dystopian bullcrap. Okay, let's go Recogni's to this. novel. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Recogni's novel combined, novel combined depth sensing and perception processing with low system overhead obviates existing complex GPU, CPU, DSP-based systems. Okay, so see... Okay, so they make things that make cars drive themselves. Yeah. Got it. Okay, let's better than human autonomous one. vehicle safety. Oh bullshit! Next, <laughs> next, better than human autonomous. Give me a break. You can't predict it. Uh, okay, why don't we Google the next one? I L O Q. I L L Q. L O Q. I'm sorry. I L O. I L L O Q. No, I L O Q. One. I lock. Yeah, let's look that up. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Another technology company. Yep, another one. Battery-free digital and mobile locking. iLock. Okay, that's what it is. I just spelled it out because I didn't know what it was for. I Googled it, then I figured out what it was. Bring your internet's down. We're going to crash the show. No, oh, it's we back. use this cookie. Hey, more cookies. <sighs> I'm worried. Are they at least enough. chocolate chip? I we've clicked accept cookies. I don't three want to see another cookie unless it's for Santa on different websites, and we still don't have cookies in the studio. Cookie, cookie. I demand cookies. I lock. Make if it's a small I, it's good for events. Yes, it's like iPad, i iPhone. It's I lock. L O Q. If you put the small I in front of it, it makes it, it makes environmentalists like it because environmentalists are stupid. Right. So iLock makes life easier by providing smart and secure access to the buildings and spaces we use daily. Our strong portfolio of safe and sustainable products fulfills the needs of industry and the utility sector. Okay. By transforming mechanical locking into highly functional and flexible digital and mobile access sharing and management. So basically what they're selling is like if you get a Simply Safe with a blue with one of them deadbolts that you can have like a smart deadbolt. That's essentially what that is. You can lock things like digitally that's right and if you accidentally tweet anything that's determined as hate speech it will lock you out of your refrigerator and you will starve to death correct and your house it'll take your home another <laughs> dystopian company yeah there we go so there in the time it took for marco Favre here to type out a tweet about coffee that he probably doesn't drink um, terrible coffee by the way i mean oh, the only folgers thing is worse, shit i mean the only thing worse than folgers is maxwell house Ugh. what about instant coffee no. <laughs> no, Starbucks Black is probably rifle. 
I never had Black Rifle. This guy only has 25. Really good. Oh, that's good. Wow, this guy. I, only I'll has... try that sometime then. Yeah. Black I, I, Rifle AK. That's. I don't drink coffee often, but when I do, that's what I drink. I don't drink it at all. I just can tell by the way it smells. AK all day. <laughs> this guy has 20 followers, and oh, he joined Twitter in 2009. Starbucks. Holy oh, cow! Special. Is he real? Is he? A... Hmm. He got on board early, Brent. 2009. Jesus Christ! That's is it. that early? I don't yeah, know. It's pretty, that's like it's Inception. Fairly, yeah, it's fairly early in Twitter. That's pretty damn early. Oh, I yeah, I don't know. I just like, no, oh god, no, I don't want nothing to do with that. But anyway, uh, he's one of those people that's a fair wage type of person. Retweets a guy who says my company pays eighty thousand dollars minimum wage and lets people do whatever they want. It's like bullshit. They do. <laughs> that doesn't say people won't work. They're just not. They don't want to get paid a little. Okay, clicked off, and we're done with the Darf comment of the week. All right, so Marco Farve, you win our. Darf comment of the week this week, and may God have mercy on your soul. Y'all take a good look at this lump of shit. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> so I don't much. even know what movie that is. Platoon. Uh, that was Tom Berenger. That was when What's His I'm Face got killed. Not a big movie some person. Stupid oh. idea, some stupid thing happened. Yeah, yeah. There was a Wasn't it the fight. fat guy who had the, the showed the picture of his girlfriend and got killed? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one where he, Charlie Sheen like froze before he could click the claymores, and the other guy did it. Or no, he did it. Well, Junior was sleeping on his watch. Oh yeah, Junior slept on the watch, and then he had to go do it. But he was getting eaten by mosquitoes and too nervous to sleep. So yeah, yeah, he wasn't sleeping anyway. Go watch that movie; it's great. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, I saw earlier in the week before we go into local stuff that Bubba Wallace got picked up for a multi-year deal at twenty-three eleven. Uh, and I kept looking for how long the deal was, but nobody would give that up. They just said multi-year deal. I don't understand that. I didn't see it. I wonder if Jayski has anything. Usually they're pretty good at sniffing that stuff out. Like they just didn't, they didn't announce like the amount of years. They they usually always do, don't they? Not it always. Just, it just says multi-year deal. They used to do that with Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon. They just say multi-year deal, and you'd never know how long their their uh, deal was. Probably just enough to shut everyone up and then not talk about it for a long time because it's probably like ten years or something stupid, you know. That was what those Let's guys see. would do at least. Twenty twenty three team chart. Uh, let's go down to Bubba Wallace. Anything. It just says 2024 plus with a question mark, so they don't even know. <laughs> I don't understand why NASCAR teams are being so tight-lipped about everything nowadays. Justin Haley doesn't everything. have anything. Cole Custer's just a question mark, but we know he's year to year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cole out of that car next year. I, I would, only because his father is co-president or vice president or something else now with Stuart Haas, but Gene also foots the bill for that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not Tony's yeah, he kid, does and it's not Gene's kid. Who, you know Cole I mean? Custer? Yeah. Yeah, he's Gene Haas's Formula One's uh, director's son. Yeah, but... Joe Custer. Joe doesn't give money to the team, does he? Oh, for God's sakes. Neither does Tim Sindrick. It's the same friggin' thing, Oh, it's the really. same basic. Yeah, but Come Austin Sindrick can actually win races in cups. So <laughs> on a plate track. <laughs> hey, Cole just looks like a little freaking turtle. 
Did Cole win a cup race? He must have. On a play track uh, where anybody can win. I think <laughs> Did he won no, one? He won one last year, I believe, so yeah. my my uh, idiot remark will mm-hmm. go completely unfounded. Yeah. Speaking of wins only on a play track, Bubba Wallace's contract extension was not stated. <laughs> See? It wasn't stated. It definitely wasn't stated as according to Sports Illustrated. But at least Bubba's shown some performance gains. Yeah, he has he run has, the best yeah. out of those three for the most part. Out of those three, yeah. I mean, his and teammate, his father is not a team director. Right. So there you go. His teammate did get a win, uh, but I mean, it's Kurt Busch for God's sakes. He yeah, is the I only. Mean, he's the only remaining driver left on the NASCAR circuit that raced against Dale Earnhardt Sr. A lot of people seem to forget what Bubba did in the truck series in the time frame that he did it in the truck series in Kyle Busch Motorsports. He was he was not in the trucks for really very long. It was like a blink of an eye, and he was winning races. He was winning races, and he was winning them against Hornaday and Harvick and Bush and you know top notch drivers. And he won on dirt and asphalt. I mean, and not plate tracks or anything. He won it. I remember him winning at Michigan. In a one-off, and he's won at other places as well. So he won at Martinsville, Martinsville. yeah. So he's won on all different types of tracks. So I think they that was the Michigan win wasn't for any specific like team. I think he won. I forgot who for who, but I think they had problems in tech. It was it was the encumbered win era. Oh God, that's so. I think he got to keep basically up to last year. Cucumber wins. (laughs) So I think he still got to keep the win anyway, but he was. So fast, like, and every time he got into a truck, he was always really quick. I mean, it was like, it was kind of like Ryan Priest level, get in truck yeah. and compete. You know what I mean? In almost any truck, I mean, Ryan would get in. Uh, did no, Ryan's only run for one truck team, right? He's, yeah, he's only run the seventeen truck, and I think he's got three wins now with them. He should Maybe. have four, but you know, well, he might have three. I'm not sure. Or two. No, I can't remember how many wins he's got. Two he for two, sure. Two for sure. And then I think he won. Did he win a third? I don't remember. I can't remember. Well, it doesn't matter. He's won multiple races and competed every single place he's gone. It doesn't freaking matter. Anyway. Um, we talked about Priest? Yeah, we're talking about Ryan. When's his next start? I don't even remember. It's got to be up soon. Stop asking questions that, you know, that I can't Google fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> I know. Why am I not looking <laughs> things up? What am I doing? Um up xfinity for who who's that two wins is that rp yeah oh that's two xfinity wins yeah it's two truck wins yeah both at nashville yeah, Nash- Bubble, yeah but he uh, should have won Darryl so Wallace many Jr. got four wins in the truck series and how many uh, races at, in the year 2014 in uh, the year 2014 he got four wins 14 he won four races he won one in 13 one one in 17 i think that was that encumbered win and well, then he only, only, ran, only like, ran one race. Yeah, they only ran 49 races in trucks and won four, five, six times. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really not bad at all. But um, people hate him. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's because he, quote unquote, sucks. No. no well, <laughs> you're missing a lot of reasons why they, you know, obviously it's because of the politics and stuff. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's so. people can believe what they want to, and I don't really care. At the end of the day, Bubba Wallace is better than any of the 
darfs out there that are complaining about them. So for the most, I mean, part. It, I mean, that's that's if you're going to be political, you, you can't expect not to have hatred towards that. So yeah, you're I only mean, just making things harder on yourself. I know you got to It's one of those so, things where it's like just be completely ambiguous and don't say anything. He has seemed to back away from that stuff. He doesn't put himself out in the limelight anymore. Like yeah, I that, think he's so. just sick of the attention. And to be honest, that's something you got to learn. So, well, it distracts you. And, yeah, and that's not good. His recent performance shows how focused he's been. Well, he stopped doing that once he got with Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, Michael and knows when, all about how to keep himself out of the limelight. Michael Jordan <laughs> is one of those guys that doesn't take a stand neither here nor there. The guy could have a Hitler mustache and still sell man's underwear. Correct. Okay. And Which he did. no one bats an eye and everything else like that. So speak speaking of Michael Jordan, who had on their bingo card that Michael Jordan was going to be at the majority of the races this year. He's probably at more of these races than he's at Wizards games. It's it just shows his commitment to <laughs> no, I'm probably the NASCAR wrong. team. I'm probably wrong. It's completely different seasons. Let's be fair. I, I can think of about 10 races. They've mentioned him at this point. And it's nice to see is, it's cross. Um, What's it called? Cross promotion, kind of. It almost cross promotion, but it shows people. he cares. He's not just you well, know. He's outside. Money and a name. He's in it outside. You know, when you're in the arena, you're in the locker room. It smells like feet and jock straps. So you want to get out of that environment as soon as possible. True. It does smell like wet feet anywhere near the bottom of a sports stadium. So that's gross. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's nice to see. But anyway, the the people who would be watching and seeing Michael Jordan at the track are the people who are watching racing already. And unless Sports Center mentions it, they're not going to know about it. And we all know that's not going to happen. So, because I haven't watched Sports Center in freaking years. years. I didn't even know it was still on. I think it is, but you wouldn't know who it is. It's, uh, they moved it from ESPN to the NBA Network, I think. <laughs> Everybody I cared I they about the on NBA there died. Network. So, they are. yeah. <laughs> They had great anchors back in the day. They were funny. It was like SNL, but sports highlights. It was good. Um, all right. Why don't we move into some local stuff and get that over with quickly instead of yammering on for two hours an episode. Anyway. I don't care. We lost all our listeners anyway as soon as we talked about Bubba. <laughs> yeah, they all shut it off. Ooh, Bubba lovers. Um, moving on. We'll go to Stafford. By the way. <laughs> Not a Bubba lover. That just sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> he caught on finally. <laughs> I, was waiting. I was waiting for somebody to say something. It sounds like an awful prison. <laughs> something in prison. <laughs> Not good. No. Oh, God. Don't do that. All right. Uh, let's see. Stafford, I was there. I was filming uh, yet again for the live broadcast I was on camera for. So if you saw anything from Pit Road, that was me. I do opening ceremonies, you know, from pit, the uh, pit road and uh, what is it, Victory Lane. Uh, did all the Victory Lane interviews, whatever interviews you saw, uh, like during the races, I was down there filming those. So that was me. Any criticisms, please let me know. I could always be uh, use them to do better. Hopefully, you I, suck. Good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're a paid you're a paid videographer. You don't care about the public. You care about what Bonsa has to say. Correct. That's pretty much all I care about because he's directing. Yes. <laughs> so keep your comments to yourself unless it's Bonsa. Hey, uh, shout out to Bonsa for an awesome job doing the heat races. 
uh, on flow. Yeah, I couldn't hear him because I was down on pit road. So <laughs> he, he did a fantastic job. It was seamless, like he'd been doing it all along. He did killer job. Yeah, uh, I've heard good things. Uh, I've seen a lot of comments, so I was reading stuff, and it seemed pretty pretty positive, which is good because he's probably going to get tossed into the fire in the next couple weeks because of staff shortages due to other things people got going on. So um, he'll probably be covering up in the booth pretty soon if anybody wants some inside baseball. But if you don't have a Flow subscription, you can't watch it. So go subscribe to Flow Racing while you're at it because then you can watch a whole bunch of different short track racing from the comfort of your home without blackouts. We don't get paid by Flow. Well, technically, if, if you I, have the opportunity to go to the track, go there first. I mean, yeah. technically, go I, there first. I might have, I might have gotten paid by Flow. I don't know because I get paid to go film at Stafford, well, so, I guess, so. and Waterford. But um, yeah, yeah, but so. yeah, you can hear him at the track too. <laughs> What's that? You can hear him at the track. Hear what? Bonza. Oh yeah, I can yeah. hear him because he's yeah. he's on the PA, right? Yeah, I've heard thing. that new PA is absolutely banging too. God, it's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud, like it, it echoes off the tower and comes into the like infield. And I know they got speakers in the infield and they do work, but when you have a, a radio headset on that's like noise canceling so you can hear the director and you got race cars going around and you're f- busy filming, you can't hear that. Well, then the headphones did their job. Right. So it's hard for me to hear, but anybody else can hear. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if uh, you go to the racetrack and you want to hear the announcers, Stafford's definitely the place because... Oh, they got a speaker system there that rattle your eardrums. Um, they got them from, I don't know where they got them from. I forgot the name now, actually. But they're not the top-hanging speakers. They're down low, and they project up into the crowd. You know what I mean? Instead of coming top-down, it kind of goes straight up. They're just like PAs. Round? Yeah, there's, there's I've semi, seen them. They're semi square, round, and they square. cone out. Yeah, square with a cone out, so... Oh, okay. They're, yeah. they're the same kind of speaker. I know that you don't, you haven't seen them. Same kind of speaker they have at Daytona Speedway. Yeah, they're loud. I was with, uh, I was walking off the racetrack, and one of the guys who works production, he was whipping his phone out because he's like, the "Damn, music's too loud!" And he's like breaking into the, you know, the Wi-Fi so that he can control the app from his phone and turn the music down at right, like on the midway. I was like, "That's pretty awesome." <laughs> I want this speaker system at the palm of my hand. That would be amazing. Yeah, and if you're a level one hacker, maybe you can do it. You know? Don't give anybody any ideas. <laughs> this will be bad. Anyway, this was actually a pretty clean night. I'm not going to lie. Um, the one time I went and filmed there, we were... Eh. Spoiler alert, no one went upside down. Not this time. Um, they tried. Yeah. The, I was walking around the pits... When I got there, because I got there pretty early, and uh, Kyle, Ricky, and Bonster were doing their normal thing uh, before the races, filming interviews, because they use that to uh, intro the broadcast, and uh, they do rotating, you know, drivers every week. And they were there with uh, they caught up with David Matcha. Uh, is it Matcha? Yeah, David Matcha Senior. Yeah, I said Masha. I think I screwed that up before, but it's Matcha. Um, but they caught up with him, and I guess he was. Uh, fine he was helping his kid out and he said his future remains to be seen so i think uh he's kind of still thinking it over did you try to sell him a car no i just left him to it i just i didn't want to bother him with that um i figured i'd let them get to what they were doing so yeah i'd I'd heard that he was gonna retire 
like not come back after that, which I would understand, but um, I guess he's still thinking about it. So it was good that's to see good, him. I guess he only had a bruise on his elbow, and that was pretty much it. I'm like, that's pretty good. Considering? <laughs> Considering, yeah. yeah. Jesus. You had half the freaking roof collapse on you. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, but anyway, they caught up with him and some other people, so I was wandering around BSing with everybody for a while. But anyway, getting on to features here at Stafford. All right, we'll go in order. Again, pretty clean night. I think there was five cautions all night for purpose. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That was pretty low. We were out of there at 9.15. We're gone. I I got to the end of the SK race, and I was watching on my phone, and I shut it off for a minute. I was like, wait a minute, it's only 9.15. There's got to be more racing. I know. I'm like, wow, that went quick. My back didn't hurt nearly as much this week. So I guess... Uh, I got a big, I got actually kind of a busy schedule going for the film racing. I did Stafford and Waterford this week or last weekend or this past weekend. And uh, this week I'm going to Waterford for the single cam shoot. And then the week after that, I'm going to Stafford again. So I got four dates in three weeks. Four. Nice. Yeah. And then I got racing in between two, well, Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, luckily, so, you know, Sid's cameras aren't as heavy as Stafford's. Oh, thank God they aren't, because I'm like, geez, <laughs> filming for Sid's was like, uh, this weekend was like holding a feather in my hand compared to that Stafford. <laughs> yeah. You can let pull. the lactic acid drain down a little bit in your arms and shoulders. <laughs> it's like holding up a cinder block with Stafford because you got this camera, <laughs> yeah. and you got the wireless radio thing on top, and then yep. you got this gigantic battery. And it's all on top, and it's really top heavy, and you got to hold your arm up like this the whole night. And, oh, it kills your back, especially yes, when you does. got a prior back injury like I do. It's like, oh man, it hurts. But anyway, uh, street stocks led the night off. All right, here we go. Marvin Minkler led the field to green once again, uh, but right off the start, the top lane kind of stacked up. Guys scattered. Chris Daniel Chuck went high to avoid. Bill Cody drifted up. He also kind of tried to avoid something. And uh, after contact, both of them ended up in the front stretch wall, which I think they came to rest right before the start-finish line on the initial green. So I don't even think uh, Cody even got to take the green. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even make the green flag, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know why he got out of the car. I would have at least tried to back it up. uh, I think he probably thought he broke a tie rod or something. I still would have tried to drive it. If it doesn't move, then okay, at least I tried. He hit pretty hard. I know he did, but again, I yeah. I always try to move my car before anything happens. Or he might have. Yeah, who knows? Flat. I've had you. Ha- I've heard you know instances where you've hit something and your clutch pedal don't work no more. Who knows? You know what I mean? Because something bent. Yeah. Who knows? We've had that happen too. So I'm not going to discount the guy. He's been racing forever, but I didn't see him try to move it afterwards. So he was just kind of pissed and got out. Uh, Daniel Chuck actually stayed in his car, backed it up, and kept going. He had a hole in the left front fender, but other than that, it probably was okay. Uh, let's see here. Minkler would control the restart, or at least the second attempt at a regular start. Uh, lap seven, Nick Hovey's poor season would continue because he would fall off the pace. And yeah, another week, another goodies headache or war for him. Mm, completely. I, I guess mean. he broke a rear end or something. Yeah, he was trailing something in, and uh, I think some people were complaining about stuff on the racetrack. I'm not sure. It or, looked like he bounced the right side off oh, the you wall know what? at one point. I that may have been what did it. I think I actually know what happened because I saw a little puddle under the right rear. I think a 
axle seal went because they still run stock axles in those. And I've had those go, and they're bad. And I've had one pour fluid out the axle tube on me once. Actually, one of the one of the icebreakers. Yeah, I came across the line. I think I finished like f- sixth or something like that. And the right rear bearing and seal grenaded on the rear end. And I came across the line and smoke all the way into turn one because the brakes were hot, and it was pumping <laughs> gear oil into it. And just, oh, it was smoking bad. The fire truck followed me in. I'm yeah, like, this yeah. isn't good. Yeah, it could catch fire. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I too. leaked oil all over the last turn of the road course on the new freshly on new fresh pavement, and they were dumping Speedy Dry under my car. So that was a mess. So I think that's pretty much what happened to him. I think he lost an axle seal. Yeah. Or bearing, or both, to be honest. Yeah. Something in the rear end. There was grease everywhere. So uh, let's see here. Lap 10. Tyler Trott made contact with second place Jason Finkbein, sending Finkbein spinning. Trott would be penalized and put to the back. Let me just give you my audible uh, interpretation of this. Hold on. <laughs> that was a facepalm to those who cannot watch. I mean... A good way to ruin your race is to ruin someone else's, especially at <laughs> Stafford. up front. Especially if you're trying to pass for second. And it was just so stupid because it was just so egregious. If you there poke was, somebody in the left rear going into a corner. And you keep going and keep going and keep going. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> They're going to spin out. What did out. you think was going to happen? It's, it's so easy you're to You're going to get away with it? Like, Give me a break. It really it, is pretty easy to spin out at Stafford too especially yeah, you're on edge there oh really bad but it, it's something I've said before he just needs to slow down a little bit what lap was this on lap uh, 10 10 he was in third halfway through the race you're running third and then oh let me get into the left rear of this guy and spin him out so I can go to the back because <laughs> you could you could count on one thing Death taxes and getting sent to the rear from contact by Scott Tapley. Yeah, you can pretty much count <laughs> on that. <laughs> Especially I'll if you're up front. In this puppy, you see him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we were on YouTube. Uh, anyway, no. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know, you should get him. Said you should know better than to Jeez, poke anybody, especially. Up. Especially in the left rear, in a street stock, on the apron, or even close to it at Stafford. I mean. You get a little bit sideways at Stafford. You're, it's a handful. If you get poked on entry, you're probably going around. Yeah, well, and, and if you're that much faster that you're you're thinking you can get by them, roll in behind them a half groove high, drive down the banking or what there is for banking, and get a run on them down the straightaway. And yeah. If you got to door them, door them, but Burp don't drive throttle. into his left rear and spin them. Burp death throttle, set that nose, and get on with it. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with... You know, mm-hmm. saying, I don't need to poke this guy out of the way for second. You know, I could try to race him because there's 10 freaking laps left still. And finishing third isn't so bad. It's not as bad as finishing in the back. I mean, if you raced him clean, you would have finished second or third. Or even if a caution came out, you could have had a chance at the lead because you're starting on the bottom. And you wouldn't have an additional enemy on the track. Because now you got another one. Uh, yeah, another one because he's good at making them, which sucks because he actually was pretty damn good back in the day. Yeah, I don't know what's changed. He's just way too over aggressive. He reminds me of Ryan Waterman back in 2015. 
I think times have changed. 2014, 2015. 2016, 2017, 2018. I'm, I'm talking Speedball Ryan Waterman. That's still current. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just coordinating. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Ryan used to, to have a tendency. I mean, we saw it with a couple of guys. He'd just drive in and poke the left rear and knock them up the track. Used to. Well, and, and, more often, yeah. let's say. More often yeah. than used to. I haven't seen him racing much lately because uh, they kind of shut down at Stafford, and he hasn't been running Waterford at all. So, uh, Anyway, we were talking Stafford. Let's see here. We're uh, at the part where Bert spins out. Almost, oh, almost, almost. We're almost to that point. That's the next part. Bobby Stark third would get by Minkler for the top spot on the restart, and on lap thirteen, Bertolette and Jason Lafayette would spin into the infield as it looked like Lafayette just drove into that uh, coming off like, too. Honestly, it looked like it looked like Bert really wanted down. I didn't see him come down though. I just saw the twenty-one kind of shoot well, up. Well, I saw I saw the nineteen and the forty-two use up Bert mm. a little bit. As in, you know, gave him the right door, the door slap. I mean, well, it could the have night, been just both of them going for the same spot, I mean, coming up and going down, and I, I just mean, missed it, the guy coming down. The nineteen doored everybody he went by, so that's, that's, that's nothing, how he raised. That's, that's pretty nothing, much, yeah, that's nothing new. Nothing so. new, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Bert had had a run coming underneath the nineteen. The nineteen had to burp the throttle or something coming off a of turn two, and Bert wanted to go back underneath. The 19, probably to get that spot back and maybe, hell, door him back. And the 21 was there. I don't think it was Jason Lafayette's fault there, but yeah. I, be, I bet you any money, because I'm very good at saying stupid things today, apparently. Yeah. I bet you they both just came up and went down. Yeah. I bet you they just met in the middle. Which is tough because, you know, point implications. Yeah, because... Uh, what's his face there? Travis Hydar was uh, actually not blowing an engine this week. Nope. Um, Under control. Seemingly. Uh, so, Olette would become stationary. Lafayette would go pit side with a flat tire. That would bring out the caution. Uh, Bert's had a tough run of things in the last few weeks. Got put in a wall one week and then had the guy flip up over top of him. And, you know, if he's not, he's kind of like Bobby Stark. If he's not having a good night, he's wrecked or some stupid thing happens and something breaks or a rear end breaks or something happens. So, if he's not first, he's last. Uh, not on purpose. Not on purpose. Uh, Bobby Stark third. speaking of which, would control the lead and the rest of the race to win his fourth race of the season. He's had an up-and-down year, though. Complete feast or famine. Like yep. he, I don't think he's even in the points chase, and he's won the most races, I think. I think he's like maybe fifth in points, fourth, yeah, something like that. I mean, the only, really guy who's lead, had though, more, you know? the only guy who's had more downs than Bobby Stark is Nick Hovey. Yeah. Or, you know, which is... <laughs> Too bad for both of them. Completely. Honestly, like yeah. I yeah mean, no. Those two should be battling for the championship yeah, it should with be. Hydar and the 51. But They really should be. Should be way tighter, but Hydar hasn't had as many bad weeks. I think he's Hydar's only had, had the one most, or two. Travis you know? has had the most semi-charmed season of his entire career, of anybody's career ever. Only he could blow up three engines and still have a 40 to 50 point lead now. Yeah. Like, what happened? <laughs> he's blown up three engines? Basically, I think oh it's two, God. two or three, yeah. And it's not GM's fault. Um, we won't go into it. So you get you get them hot, and then you can't you can't replace them, so they blow up. You can sell them back to Donnie Rad for like half value, and then he'll take a bunch of money off of a new one. But 
Anyway, that's a good program. They run. You can run rebuilt crates in a spec engine form in a limited late model or an SK light. So they can rebuild them, and he does take them. The Donnie Rad program is pretty cool. He takes them and rebuilds them and then has basically an inventory of these engines that are already sealed, and you can uh, have them done for SK light or uh, limited late model, which is pretty cool. So they won't let you rebuild them. And sometimes them limited sportsman. If you get the right one. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, we're we're going to get hate for that. <laughs> That was years ago. Uh, anyway, I should move on because. Do you want communists? <laughs> huh? How do you like it? They tell you all the time what to do, what to think, what to feel. You want to be like a cheap? Like all those other people, man? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Scarface people watch that movie as well. Communist, man? We're on a movie kick today. To tell you what to do. I don't think that's the end of the movie references either. So, what do you think? By the way, after this race was the SK Light race, which is all crate motors like we were talking about. <laughs> By the way, they had 30 of them. And this was such a great race to watch. Holy 30 crap. happy communists. Oh, it was so good to watch. The racing was amazing. The um, battle from third to sixth was absolutely outstanding. It was really second to Tenth, like there was just a giant group of cars battling the hell out of each other. It was amazing. Um, I was I was kind of fixated watching Meg Fuller because she's been progressing slowly and getting towards the front, and watching her drop back on the top, then make moves on the bottom, move back up, then drop back on the top. She was like going in circles in the same group of cars. I feel like she's starting. She's making moves like she's actually starting to figure it out. Oh, she was poking guys with the bumper, too. Yeah, I, was, I like, was watching her. She'd she, get pissed at someone for chopping her nose, and she'd send it right in there and give it back. You can tell she's getting experience and that she's starting to figure it out because she's starting to make moves like somebody who knows what they're doing. You she's a I mean? fuller. Right. She's, I believe... Gonna figure it out. She's really starting to figure it out, so... And she's got Rocco in her corner and obviously her dad and Jimmy and all them. Mm-hmm. I mean... You can't go wrong with that group. So no, it's a really good group to be a part of if you're going to be in a modified. So this 30, 30 SK light field took the green with Cassandra Cole leading the field to green. Nick Anglace would take the lead from the top side pretty much immediately and pull Bob Charland with him, but it was interrupted when Norm Sears went hard into the turn three wall. I believe after some contact. Um, yeah, he he took a little while to get out of that car. He hit pretty hard. He. It, I think it's somebody might have clipped him with the uh, right rear and uh, he That'd hit his left front. That'd be the 89 of uh, Tyler Redneck Rampage. Uh, Alcus? Alcus. <laughs> Redneck Rampage? When the, that when was they a great the PC stream, game. They cut the stream that was showing Norm's car. I got a little nervous for a second. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, he banged his ankle up pretty good. Is that um, what it was? Yeah, he looks like he was wincing and limping a little bit. He probably whacked a pedal when he hit the wall. Probably, yeah, I got his foot stuck between the pedals or something. Yeah, um, but it looked like it got the left front knocked out of his hand, and he went straight into the turn three wall, which, you know, not full throttle, but it still hurts. Uh, he climbed up it pretty good. Uh, afterwards, Anglace would control the restart. Megan Fuller would try to fill the gap to second place because, remember, Bob didn't quite make it to second. Um, she was up to third at that point, I believe. Uh, there was... 
Oh, Cassandra Cole was on the top side, and obviously the top side in the SK Lights is pretty much the place to be. She would actually roll that top side and make it she, really difficult on Anglis. She did a damn good job, too. It yeah. was really good. All the girls did a great job this week. It was awesome to watch them. Same. We got more on them later to reference last week's show. There was heavy racing for all positions behind first, swear to God, with George Bissett Jr. slicing his way through the field. If you watched him... He started fourteenth, and he, he was up is to his father's child. He was up to first before halfway, you know, and he was battling for first by halfway. He is Mad Dog Junior. It is no question. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, he was very appropriately named. Um, lap thirteen, Chris Matthews goes spinning. Oh, look, it's right here. Yes, I saw Jesse just click on it. Actually, <laughs> off the nose of Derek Devison, collect Tyler. Ch- I believe it was Tyler Chapman. And all three would spin into the infield grass. That has big point implications. All three would continue, however. Tyler Berry, the point leader, would get put into the front stretch wall and damage would end his night later, uh, a lap later. Yeah, he he tried to flip that thing. Did Um, did Debus continue for that, or did he? I know he was out of the race. Debus was black flagged because of hanging debris off the back of his car. Yeah, I, I actually believe Tyler was, Berry got a piece of that too. I was no, he got it a lap later. Oh really? Yeah, that was a lap later. Yeah. Those guys went spinning through the grass in the infield, and they continued and they made another lap, and then Barry caught the right rear of somebody else and got shot into well, the let's outside see what he wall. Has to say. That's my shot, by the way. I know it's hard to fast forward on this. Is there a 10 or 12 second skip thing? 15, go back one more. Let's do one more. Go ahead, one more. One more. One more, trust me. Okay, there we go. Turn it up. Rough ride down the front stretch. What happened, Tyler? I normally wait to see the videos before I say too much about what happened, but that one I'm pretty sure I'm right, and I just got ran into the wall. And I don't know, I just thought it was. Up there enough for it to be seen, and I guess... It gets pretty tight off of four, especially if you don't have spotters. Tough. We got boxed in there a little bit, and I just... Yeah. All right. Yeah, spotter could have absolutely avoided that, but in fairness, he had about three feet to his right-hand side. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really hard to judge, though, because you you got to be tight in case that person starts to run you into the wall, and he was tight, but it got a little too tight too quick. I don't. I don't remember who we made contact with, but I it remember might have the been incident. Fuller. And was it? This, I, this, I just this can't. past race, it might have been. I'm not sure. It was a white car. Yeah, it, maybe it, it was. She was in the area. It might. Don't quote me. Don't at all quote me. I don't know if it was. It might have been. It. Not sure. I, it might have been West. It might have been her. I don't know. I have no. Clue. I think it was just a racing deal. Yeah. Boy, he was real close to the first incident, though. We're watching the replay. It's like, whoa, that was close. They caught yeah. it on the speed shot at Stafford, which is the mount- the wall-mounted camera. They have two of them, one before and one after start-finish. But, yeah, they black-flagged um, – what's his face there? Derek Debus. Derek Debus. Somebody needs to give that boy a, a copy Fuller, of the rule book it? so he can understand why See, he wasn't was. allowed back on the track. Was it Fuller? 
Yeah, they made just uh, just a little bit of contact. She a I mean, little you, tight, you, but not that bad. I mean, when you bounce tire tire to tire coming off the corner, left front to right rear. I she mean, didn't run them that tight, but again, if you make contact like that and take the wheel out of someone's hands, that's going to happen. No matter well, it, that and it unloads the weight onto the right front, which you, you lose dig, the weight yeah. onto the left rear, so. and then once you Modifieds. do that, you get, you yeah. get squirrel sideways. Now. Ba- um, Chapman's front see, nose area. Debus is trying to. You can see me filming him in the background. <laughs> There's Brent. Hi, Brent. They didn't throw to me. I'm they like, dude, I got a, a bigger, perfect shot of this. They got to give you a bigger high visibility vest. Why? Then you can see my bulge. Yeah. <laughs> a bigger one. He hmm. kind of reminded his animated, how animated he was, kind of reminded me of AJ Almondinger. Yeah, yeah Bonsa, that was a miss opportunity there. He should have just. Seek through the catalog. Get back on my shot, man. That yeah, thing because, was amazing. Because he tried to <laughs> tried to get back into the car and he I tried had to him unload and I had him full on, full screen, attacking his rear bumper because you know the little point. Right, you walked away from him doing because the they didn't throw to me, so oh. I just left. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't throw to me. I would have stayed. I called it in. I said, "Hey, I got this guy losing his mind here on pit road." Yeah. Didn't throw to me, guys. Killing me. Did he make the necessary repair by hand? Yes. He did? Yeah. And they wouldn't let you him go back on You can't run without a rear bumper, though. They had a rear bumper. He but stopped it, it, on pit road. If you stop and get out of your car on pit road, your race is over. I thought uh, he pulled the whole rear bumper off. No, he he just he attacked his rear bumper because the nerf bar, you know the corner nerfs off the bumper, yeah. it's two bars? Well, they come out of a V and they kind of go around the side, so you got right, like the rear of the wheel protection. Right. Right. Well, the whole nose, the whole nose tin off of the Chapman car was stuck in there, and he was f- dragging it around the racetrack. So they black flagged him for hanging debris. So he got out and ripped it out. So he got out and attacked it. He didn't just rip it out; he attacked it. He kicked it. He grabbed it and ripped it and like pulled on it and punched it. I think. So <laughs> I'm going to say this is a fail on Stafford's part too. That's not his fault that that's there. That's not his car's damage hanging down. Now, it if it was matter. his Nerf bar, I disagree. Because down debris. here, they will pull you up to the to the wall and they will pull that shit off of your car if you're able to continue. It's a no. It's, f- it's a no fault take though because here's the rule: is there debris hanging off your car? Whose is right. it is irrelevant. It's debris holding. It's debris falling off your car that yeah. is stuck in your car and could cause a flat tire. You are being black flagged for damage. They aren't making the determination whether or not it's yours. You have debris. End of story. It moves. You from, get out of your car on pit yeah, road. That's the rule. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I can. I disagree too. I, I understand what they're coming from because it moves it from the subjective to the objective. Whereas right. they don't have to have a human being make a determination or a call to just go. Oh, it it is in the rule book, so that's what it has to be. That's they well, they made like I said so. a no judgment call. That's that's what the rule is. That's all you're getting. To, to my point, though, there is no judgment on that. If it was his bumper hanging off and his damage, then yes, park him. But if it's it, someone else's stuff that got stuck in his car in an incident not of his fault, like, how do just we judge rip, fault? rip it off for him, let him roll. No, I have because an idea. then that opens the door for you to rip off debris that is his. I have an idea. It doesn't matter. They didn't know that it was his or not. It was there. Yeah, if it's in his car, he should he could have just... Uh, it, it backed the car up and down, scraped it along pit road, 
along the inside wall. Don't get out. And don't get I didn't out. Get just, out of my car. I ain't get well, out of my car, but it just scraped it off. Road, I think the rule is you're done. Yeah, but he's not unplugged. He's not. He's not. Off you of can it. roll down pit road to have your car inspected. You just, you just and lose, you can rejoin. You just lose all your track position. You lose all your track position. You, you that's the rule. Last. Yeah. You just scrape that thing right off, man. But that's neither here nor there. That's the officials can't yeah. help you. It says so in the rules. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that rule. After racing the way we do down here and seeing a different side of it and, and understanding, like if oh, you no. have to leave the track, then yes. But if you can pull up to the pit gate and have someone rip it off and throw it off to the side, then you re- restart at the tail end of the field. You see, you're down in the south where you got southern hospitality and it's polite. Southern hospitality is. We're a we're in the north where you fend for yourself and you can go f yourself. Yes, Southern hospitality is, yeah. is a myth. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Well, yeah, especially if you're from the north, they go, oh, when are you leaving? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whatever. But stuff like clearing yeah, fenders for people and pulling off external debris that is not from your car, like clearly not from your car, yeah. that, that stuff I'm okay with. You want to see Southern, I wish they would change that. If you want to see Southern hospitality, you go to Dillon Motor Speedway. Yeah, and honestly, I would. I wish they would adapt something like that for Thompson to keep you guys from rolling off the track to fix damage, and because you got too many people speeding through the pits, and that's what Stafford at the end of the day is trying to avoid, and I get it, but there's got to be a little bit of give and take with it, I think. Yeah, I mean, because what happens when it costs somebody a championship over something really stupid? I don't disagree with you at all. I do want to see guys in lower divisions have an opportunity like at every other racetrack to pit and clear their stuff and they don't have time problems most of the time you go to seacock you can leave the track pit come off doesn't matter what division you are yeah there's if no you're at, pitting if at you're seacock. at thompson they allow you to do it yeah stafford i agree their pit road is incredibly tight and i don't like people driving through there but you could also say hey Pull up to the fence. Have your have a representative come and rip it off if it takes if it takes too long. Sorry, you're out. You know, but you know. Here's the here's another thing to think about with it. What happens when somebody has a front right front tire rub? That the official it's not putting off enough smoke because it's just a single line of sheet metal going into the tire, and he goes off into turn one, and the car doesn't turn. He goes head onto the wall and gets hurt. You could have had him pull in and pull the fender out and clear that, and it never happens. So stuff like that is avoidable, and that's that's what I would like to see happen. Again, I don't disagree with you, but the place is unique enough that I genuinely don't believe we should have cars going into the pits. But, no, you don't have to go into the pits. Just roll up to the pit gate on the outside. Yeah, like I said, it. it then again, there's all, there's all sorts of other logistic issues and insurance issues probably with that as well, so it's really outside of my... Uh, realm of expertise i, would I hate say. the word i hate that phrase not not your fault brent or anything. I, I get it is it, it's ins- the whole thing insurance is because i think insurance companies are the biggest pyramid scheme that i've ever known a man yeah. but their insurance sucks but they're you know fairly unfunded so they're allowed to steal your money and not give you anything in return so but anyway anyway so yeah that happened we beat that horse dead now yeah but again um if if you're not displaying any sort of fault, then I agree with the call because that's just how it is in the rules. They abide by the rules, and that's fine. That's their track. That's their rules, and they did it, and that's you can be mad all you want, but that's just how it is, and it's going to be that way for everybody, and that's how it has been. 
for everybody right. else. So, well, you that's agree why to I said somebody I, get somebody needs to get Devis a copy of the rule book to read because as soon as he pulled down pit road and got out of his car, he should have known you're not getting back. Here. A lot of it is actually in red as well. <laughs> there's just, not much. I just read the not rules. Much he could do. He's either he's dead by. There's nothing he could really do other than try to scrape the car against the wall in a last jip effort, you know, from science fiction land. You know, I mean, you, you could, you got to try to better your situation, which I don't blame him for getting out of the car at all. Try to fix it, you know, what the hell, you know, but yeah, it, I mean, it, if that was me, I would look at it and be like, I'd get out of my car because I know I'm probably done. I'd get out and look at it and just shake my head and just walk away because it's like really that. And I wouldn't take it off. I'd leave it on the car, and then I'd, you know, bring it back to whoever I took it from. You know what? As long as the driver can legally Here's buckle. Here's your nose back that if there's my an race. If there's an official that could see him buckle in the car safely, I don't see the problem. That's what I said. Why don't you allow the guys who have the, the support divisions to go out there with a roll of duct tape around well, their shifter, and if they can get the repair done by themselves and have an official sign off on them, you know, buckling back into the car properly... And go back out. Let them do it. Hey, guess what? Sometimes <laughs> those spark plug wire falls off. Oh, pop the hood pin. Place that sucker back on. Strap it to the car. Official says, "Oh, okay. You strapped all five points or whatever. You got your Hans device up, and you got your friggin' window net up. You go. put your window net up by yourself. Yeah. yeah. You if you can do everything by yourself, get back in and go. Yeah. Yeah. We're not waiting. Gonna have guys going out there with ratchets hidden in their pockets and <laughs> making adjustments and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's me. I'd have the whole Fisher Price toolkit. Yeah, you know? we would stick it behind our seat. I'd have my Fisher Price my first toolkit. <laughs> Strap I that carry thing a ratchet in. in my pocket while I'm racing, but I'm not going to say what it's for. Yeah, because you probably got hidden shit in your car. Well, that's because if you need a caution, you throw that some bitch out there. Or no, you don't want to throw a ratchet. It's Florida; they won't throw thing. a caution for that. You hit that shit, it'll go through your radiator. <laughs> well, you, that's why you take the piece of uh, roll bar padding and you wrap that aluminum tape around it. That's for ducting and stuff, and it's kind of it's actual aluminum, and it's like really stiff. And you wrap that around it, and you. St- Take a slit and slit it like that and stick it on your um, steering shaft. So if you need a caution, you go and pop it off and throw it out the window. <laughs> Sounds like you got experience. <clears throat> your cheating hints brought to you by Making Laps Podcast. All right. We should do that for a new segment every week. <laughs> I threw a beer can out the window once. Well, you're probably under your feet. <laughs> <laughs> it had a straw attached to it. <laughs> a really long caution flag. It's like a fit under my helmet. <laughs> That's not a water bottle. It's vodka. <laughs> Natty ice can rolling around on the track with a straw hanging out of it. Oh, God. Uh, we were talking about SK lights, weren't we? Yeah, we're yes. up to the part where the mayor goes around, I think. Uh, let's see. The hard. Oh, we already did that. Yeah. Who's the mayor? Joey Farino? Yeah, yeah he spun out at some point. Uh, let's see. Did I put that in here? I don't think any camera caught that. I didn't see a replay. They caught the end. Unless... We, nobody caught it. We all caught the end of it. Um, I didn't put that in here, but whatever. Uh, so he spun out with uh, Haley Dezonia. I think nobody hit the wall. I think they all continued. Uh, let's see here. Hard racing would continue, but Bissett would hold on to the lead. Caution for a spin with two to go. That was probably the spin. Yep. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Two laps to go. Anything else for now? Here, fill my water up while you're at it, sure. please. I just need that topped sure. off because I need another oh, hour's worth of stuff out of it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so two to go. Bissett and Anglaise would battle hard for the win. Amanda West came out of absolute nowhere to be on the podium for a shot for the win. 
if there was some kind of mistake amongst the two leaders battling out, uh, she definitely had a shot at it, but it was Bissett taking the win. Weston Fuller would make contact coming to the line, kind of get hooked together. You kind of see that? Yeah, that was, I don't know. It looked like they turned into each other or Meg turned into her a little bit. Mm. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah, and then they kind of got like stuck together because open wheels and then like they got apart and then Meg kind of turned back into her for I don't know what reason or if it was inadvertent completely. Meg had a flat left. Oh, is that from, why? Uh, yeah, she got a flat left front from the initial contact. Oh, it and then just it, her it looked her. like she just couldn't get off of West at that point. It happens, but West went spinning off into turn one, didn't make any contact, and she wasn't collected up by anybody else. So that she... battle for the win. Oh, it was great. Was absolutely, probably one of the best battles of the year, besides what the Street Stocks did with Downey and uh, Finkbein. Finkbein. Yeah, they had a great battle. But yeah, um, let's see. George Bissett Jr. took that win, and uh, I managed to avoid getting a water bath from both of those guys in victory lane. Nobody gets more fired up in the race car when they win than George oh, Jr. Georgie was he was on fire coming in. Good he lord, he was pumped. He was popping veins out of his forehead. I'm glad they don't mic my camera because uh, he and Mad Dog were <laughs> very excited in victory lane. Very colorful language. Oh, my God. They don't have any other kind of language. Fair. Massholes. (laughs) When they could fit other words in between swears, I thought they were very happy. So, Um, (laughs) But it's great. What a good time. Is that his first win of the season? No, I don't think so. I think he's won a couple times before, but or maybe once before. I'm not sure. But he has won before this year. Um, Let's move on to... Yeah, I don't know how I didn't get wet because those guys were throwing water bottles right next to me. Uh, Anyway, late models. Paul Varecchio led the field to green, but Andrew Durand would utilize that outside grip and try to take it back. But uh, Varecchio would hold strong and retain the lead. Adam Gray had a bad lap one. Thank you. Extra water tonight. Jeez. Uh... Adam Gray. I'm not sure what happened there. He got kind of knocked around a little bit, saved it, didn't didn't spin out or anything, but he lost a lot of track position. I don't know what happened. He had a bad lap one. It put him far behind the pack early. It was him and Wayne Corey, and I I almost wondered if there was bad blood over something because it looked like Corey was just trying to keep him behind him from going anywhere. I don't really know because I couldn't tell. You know, it was very difficult to, to see. Because yeah. it was kind of on the corner of one camera, and they didn't really catch it, and they just kept going because this race went, I think, green to checkered. Um, so Tom Fern and Michael Bennett would carve their way through the pack and be in the podium within the first five laps, and they kind of nose-to-tailed each other the whole way. Fern and Bennett would take the lead and second from Paul Root, who grabbed the lead from Verecchio early but held on to it for only a couple laps. Uh, this one would run green to checkered, like I said, and Tom Fern would take control very early and not look back as he won back-to-back races. Now, interesting statistic. Fern, his win tied him for third all-time with Keith Rocco on the all-time win list. Adam Gray's 10th week, or what was it, 10 or 11 weeks? How many weeks was it? Yeah, it was 10 or 11. Well, his streak of podium finishes ended with a fifth-place finish. Oh, boo. That's just, just a, 
That's disappointing. Take the sharp knives and objects away from him, and the man's probably on suicide watch. Well, he's been in the top t- top five for the whole season. Pretty much all year, yes. I don't think he's finished <laughs> outside the top five. <laughs> no, he did wreck once. Goals. Yeah. I I have those kinds of goals. I you know, finishing in the top five every race is very, very nice. I'll tell you. I've done that a few times where I don't think I finished outside the top five in a long time. But I did this year. Anyway, uh yeah, so he tied Keith Rocco for third all time on the all time wins list. More on that later, but that's not this episode. That was last episode. All right, limited late models. Jay Clement led the field to green, and a bobble off of turn two would allow Kevin Cormier, rookie Kevin Cormier, to... Oh, Jesse's watching it as I'm announcing it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he had to protect the inside <laughs> from Devin the snowplow Jensek. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't spin him out there because <laughs> he's been pretty rowdy lately. Oh, he's all over him, huh? Oh, yeah, doesn't realize he's three wide and they're still st- driving into him. They're still together. Brilliant. The kid's got to calm down. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) (laughs) We're just critiquing the race as we're recording this podcast as we're watching the races. Yeah, right. Up and just watch. Hey, it's three hours of features. It would be, you know, you could cut it. Whoa, see, bobble, bobble. Face got into the wall there. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, we were talking about this. Okay, so. Heavy hitters throughout the year had a bit of trouble trying to advance their positions as uh, Cormier and Matt Scapini looked to get better as the race went on. I'm sorry, I love the guy's name. It's a me, Mario. It's a me, Matt Scapini. He's not short at all, by the way. He's very tall. Um, <laughs> sorry, I have to say it like every okay, time because yeah, you know the guy's mom makes a lot of spaghetti. Okay, so he must be like Luigi. Luigi's pretty tall. Yeah, he's the Luigi. I was going to say, does he wear a green hat and overalls? (laughs) No, but uh, that would be a great fire suit idea. He'd have to grow up. He could kill a mustache, like, easily. He could absolutely kill a mustache. Yeah. Um, It's nice to see him run well, though. It's it's fun. Uh, They looked better as the race ran on, and they began walking away from the main pack, Cormier and Scapini. Uh, This race would also run green checkered with uh, limited action throughout the mid-pack. Uh, and Kevin Cormier would finally break through with his first win after, I think, like five second-place finishes this year. And uh, that is pretty awesome to see. I'm waiting for Jesse. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That's all right. No, go ahead. I'm no, it was. it's just cool to see a first-time winner. He came from, I think, the Northeast Mini Stock Tour or Front Wheel Drive Mini Stocks or something like that. And, I feel uh, like he called his shot last week on the podium, though. Didn't he say something about he, he was grumpy about finishing second or third, and he said, we'll just have to come back and win next week or something like that? He might have, for, but I don't remember. For some reason, I remember that comment from someone. I don't know if it was him or not. You probably were right, though. You're I probably think. right. I mean, I don't know. I probably would have said something like that, too, if I'd finished second all the time. No. Yeah. But he picked up his first win. That's cool to see. Again, Absolutely. somebody somebody coming out of a different discipline. We have that happening at Waterford as well, uh, which we'll tell you about later. Don't, well, don't you want to say more on that later? No, I'm not. I did that last week. <laughs> we could do more on that later, part two. No, I'm good because <laughs> I'm just saying we're going to mention it later, so I might as well give you the teaser. Um, all right, that brought us into the SK race. Let's see here. Now, is this a special race? Which one, the SKs? Yeah. I don't think so. Usually they have a special race like every week. Like every other week, there's a, a special race. No, this was a 
Typical SK feature, I believe. Regular 40 lapper. Um, One of the few regular 40 lap Jesse, races. Jesse, back up about 15 seconds from where you are right there. Back up another 15. Okay, watch from here. Because this race didn't even get started when, until when the 50 of... Watch um, the 85, by the way. You see him run into the back of Corey DiMatteo there? Yeah. Look at his toe. He knocked the toe out of the car. Oh, yeah. By about a Under foot. Under caution. Yep. A 50 of Ronnie Williams came down pit road with no power, and Brian Narducci made contact with Corey DiMatteo's bumper with his right front tire. Jesus Christ, I missed before that. Before they even started the race and bent the toe out well past a usable amount. Ugh. So he didn't even start the race. There's my shot. And this thing is towed out a foot. Yeah, that thing is unusable. So. That sucks. <laughs> two, He's had such a good year, too. Two eps, and he just kind of, it's he was just, warming up his tires, and DiMatteo is just slowing down for the car in front of him because they're on pace laps. And, you know. But you got to watch the guys in front of you. You got to look at the horizon still. You can't, yeah, make, no. you, you can't crash under caution. You can't crash on pace laps either. Jesus. Usually, I would say maybe he was checking his belts or making sure everything was good. But yeah, but even I, I leave about half a straightaway's I don't worth need of room. <laughs> I don't need eyes to check my belts. I only ever I get, use my fingers and my hands, but I only ever use I only ever get close to somebody under caution or pace laps when we're going green. Other than that, I'm like a mile away from any car near me. All you kids watching right now, wanting to get to this level, don't do that. Don't crash under caution. Not good. Or under pace laps. Same basic thing. So anyway, those two contenders were essentially out of it before the race even started. You know, because Ronnie Williams, he came down pit road by a push truck. Thing wasn't that even sucks. run. The thing just died completely dead. Yeah, that's just a freak thing. And then Did Narducci they ever say comes what happened? In. I thought he died on the racetrack and Narducci ran into him because he came in with toe out damage. But I'm like watching the the race afterwards on flow trying to figure out what happened and i'm like that didn't happen at all those are completely separate so that was really weird they got the thing fired up eventually but it was like 15 laps in so uh, yeah it was uh, it was already over by the time they pulled it in did they fix fix narducci's car i don't remember the sk race at they all. just kind of sent him back out and they might have worked on it as the race went on but like gotcha. otherwise no penalty notices this week jess not as of Not Monday, as of Monday night. August 15th. So they did do us a solid last week. They, yeah, gave, they, they gave it to us early. Yeah, well, nothing. this week's probably pretty weak, so it's like, eh, you can have it on Tuesday. Well, maybe there is none Everything went green to checkers. Probably didn't have any. Yeah, you're right. They probably didn't even have any. Although they should pay, they, they do have to post it because the Tyler Trot car got sent to the back. That's technically a penalty notice. I have gotcha. seen them put that. That's correct. Yep. yep. Absolutely. That has to happen. You're so right. they'll probably put it out tomorrow. You are right. I've seen them post it when there was none. I mean, it could say nothing, but yep. yeah, they still post it. So look for that tomorrow, but who cares? It'll. It's not got anything interesting like last week. Uh, let's see. SK's was a clean race. It was another clean race. Uh, anyway, another one. Mikey Flynn led this pack to green, but Troy Tallman who's having good runs lately, uh, get the big run on, guess where, the top side, and take the lead immediately. Keith Rocco had an absolute unit, and he would pass almost a car a lap. And uh, let's see here. He, well, until see, he by, challenged, Yeah, by, uh, by lap six, he's up to third. Yeah, until he challenged Tyler Hines for second. 
Hines was tough to get by, but he got by before lap 10, and on lap 10, he would take the lead. Remember, this race is 40 laps. Keith Rocco's already in the lead. So it's Keith Rocco of old. With uh, an old car. Yeah, with an older car. On lap 14, Tyler Hines would take second back from Troy Tallman, and uh, Corey DiMatteo, who was not damaged in that incident, would follow through to third. And it's nice to see that Raceworks car doing well. It's just cool to see. I like those guys. You don't see a lot of racehorse cars at all anymore, so No, it's just really nice to see. You know, I like I like different stuff. Like there's this new company, um, PSR. They build I think Baldwin has cars for built by them and they're kinda kind of one of those weirdo new brands that nobody knows much about, but they're actually pretty fast. And Todd's cars at Chassis Pro are really good and like there's a lot of good modifieds out there right now. It's pretty cool to yeah, see. Yeah, I like it. I like it. A lot of different solutions to the same problem. Yeah, I like you know, seeing different that, stuff. That it's problem cool. being the the never ending quest of going quicker and faster. I agree. I like seeing yeah. it. It's nice to see. Uh, let's get into this back again. About halfway through. Uh, by the way, Keith Rocco. It would seem as if he was the Keith Rocco of old because if you watched him for a long time, which I think. Uh, Phil has his shirt on. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, you know how he would carve his way to the front at Waterford and then not gap the field at all? Well, he kind of did that here as well. He would just cut people up, got to the lead, and then never really pulled away. Get enough of a gap that he's protected, but uh, basically he'll keep the tires on it and. Yeah, he'll run. He'll run whatever his spotter says. He'll maintain a gap, basically. That's got to be nice to do. Just be able to maintain a gap. That's got to be really nice. <laughs> it's a nice feeling when you have a car like that. Right? It's got. It's amazing, isn't it? About halfway through, DiMatteo would drop out of third position with a mechanical failure. I don't know what it was, but he pulled out of line, and uh, his race was over, which stinks. He was in a podium run at that point. Uh, let's say the podium after that wouldn't really change all the way to the end of the race. Uh, it was another green to checker feature. Keith Rocco would win again in dominating fashion. The tie that he shared with Tom Fern on the all-time win list lasted all of about an hour as he moved back into third on the all-time win list. And they are really not far off of uh, Woody Pitcat now, but... Woody hasn't run weekly in a long time. so the, sult the Sultan of Stafford needs to get his ass back in gear and get up there in an SK again. He does. Uh, somebody should pick him up, but, I mean, he had rides here and there, but they were really not. After he won the title, it seemed like he kind of just never had a – he had a B ride. You know what I mean? God, that was a tough race. There's some really good drivers outside of the top ten. I mean, list them off here. We got Mikey Christopher Jr. eleventh. Rafrano was twelfth. Last Bella week's was, winner. Bella was thirteenth. He won two before. weeks ago. Moeller was fourteenth. Yeah, you know, these are really uh, good drivers. And then Ronnie Williams didn't even make the start. Was fifteen laps down. Brian Narducci was last. He made like like a couple laps and pulled it in because the tie uh, or the uh, toe was knocked out. Yeah, you know. So I mean, this is pretty rough territory for guys and they didn't really have that it's a deep field it is that's that's a deep field but it's unfortunately the only really deep field in new england for sks which is kind of getting frustrating to see that's a great point yeah it's really kind of tough i think you and i were discussing this earlier about sks and, and modifieds in general and the 
kind of the environment and the econ of the economy right now, and and especially the economy of racers. And Jesse won't like this, but we really do kind of think that it's time to explore the concept of running crate engines in this case. <laughs> right on cue. There's got to be a way that, to make them coexist. It's a there are more SKs now in this this point of history than there were 30 years ago. Give me a break. That's we have. Did SKs SKs didn't exist 30 years ago? I yes, thought they, it was uh, yes, small block modifieds. No, SKs were 1983. Eight, yeah, 83 Four? or 84. Is that when they came in? I yeah. never went to Stafford when I was no younger, 82. So. I believe might be 82. Yeah, something like that. Sips. Where's Stafford's website? Where's Sid? <laughs> we did, we did, he would know some of this stuff. Sid, when did the SKs become a thing? 1980-something? <laughs> Just seeing the soundboard. Unmuting, unmuting. There it is. He's trying. When did the SKs become a thing? SKs started at Stafford in 1982. Hey, okay. I got one right. He's the closest without going over. I, remember I said eighty five, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, that's name. not eighty five; it's eighty two. Yeah, okay. So I kind of got it right. I remember the small block modified name from when I was a kid. I just don't know remember when it changed to SKs or Sunoco modifieds at Thompson. I never went to Stafford until later. How do you find? Stuff? You see, and I'm trying to say that there are more modified type race cars at this point in history than there ever was before, like twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Modified like type race cars, yes. But I disagree that there's more SKs because well, you have just, SKs, you have SK lights, you have the Mrs. Tour, you have Tri Track, you have SKs right now though. You have Tri Track. None of that other stuff matters. Those yes, it does. It are, all matters well, because because are these are all guys that could just go to SK type things. <laughs> you have four. Do you have the wheel and tour? You have all, you have four or five different tour types. You have a whole bunch of different. You have the. NHSTRA LMNOPO modifieds up in Oh, you mean the ones that run 604s? Yeah, with four see? barrels. Exactly. <laughs> the 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 communist modifieds. I I think I think there's there's got to be a way to make the SKs and the 604s, you know, the spec coexist. motors coexist competitively. It, we did it at Thompson with the street stocks. There's got to be a way to do it. The, oh, great. So then the, the high line is always going to be the fast way around, especially if they not spread necessarily. the track. Not necessarily. the way it's going to happen. The SK lights had 30 cars and amazing racing. On the high side. No, they passed on the bottom as well. George got it done on the bottom twice. Jesse, um, you know what a lot of people with SKs have been doing? Is going tour racing because it pays better where you don't look at the purse through the rest of the field. Yeah. It, I don't think an engine would cost much more either, would they? Uh, I but think the SKs Wes are has... healthy at Stafford. Why aren't they healthy at Waterford? Ownership. There you go. Has nothing to do with... Sorry, I'm the black, the black ball in the room here. So has nothing like... to do with... <laughs> has nothing to do with communism. No, I like Has to do with leadership. I, would, I, I don't disagree that it's ownership, but I think there's... Uh... The spec engine is the not the greatest option. Waterford does not have a lot of clout right now. Let's just say that. Right, but that also ties into people don't want to work there because of. Yeah, good so, point. I mean, yeah. 
again, I hate to be that guy, but I got you have to call a spade a spade at some point. So um, I do think that the crate would work better on shorter tracks. I don't think it would work that great, but it is a much more higher power crate than a 602. They're only running a 602 with a two barrel, so it's a little bit choked down. If you ran a 604 with a four barrel, you'd probably be running very, very close to the horsepower rating that they already have now. And they have spec engines. There's nothing different about that. There's only two engine builders building them right now that are worth us any shit at all, you know? So it's like, well, you, how much different can you get? It's the same basic engine, you know? Well, the, the thing I think about is I look back at the World Series back in like 2012, 2013, when they were allowing the 602 the, or the SK Light guys to put a four barrel on and Tony Membrino ran through the field one night at the World Series and he finished like sixth or seventh in a field of a stacked field of SKs at the World Series. You sure they didn't just have an SK motor in it? No, they had a four barrel. They because he ran the same car in the SK Light Race the day before. Hmm. They were allowing that stuff for a little while. I think they were just trying to see what would work and what didn't. But I think it would work again. You you. Give them more power than tire. You'll put on a good show. It just doesn't matter what power it is in my book. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say make the, the 604 at Stafford or, or anywhere to where it's more powerful than Don't make it the, the end-all, be-all. Make it an Make option. it a viable option for the underfunded team to get in and start bolstering the car counts. I agree. I think it would help. But... It's a little out of my wheelhouse, but are you suggesting that the Stafford merged to SK rules with the 604 things you're talking about? Well, the no, NH- just the NHS- give a 604 for an option for the engines. Yeah, I'm we- not advocating that at all. I'm not a communist. Well, the NHSTRA has I'm a person. A pretty decent thing going with their 604 modifieds, which is essentially their SKs up in New Hampshire area. They have strong car counts, and the competition is actually pretty fun to watch because they are pretty damn quick. Well, SKs have pretty good car count too, and they're they're not they're got to be doing track. something right. Yeah. So what are the no, other tracks no, doing no wrong? Chance. It has nothing to do with has nothing yeah, to no, do with the rules. It has everything. No, I don't to think do it with has anything to do with leadership the rules at this point because it has I think everything to do with leadership. Jesse makes a good point because you got to remember Thompson is running, running a it? very partial schedule, which is kind of not appealing to a lot of racers. On they don't a show out, and they run them on weeknights. Waterford people don't want to go there because they really are not appreciative of the officiating or the ownership. So it's kind of a double edged sword. We could. I think we're in a situation. How where are they both, at Riverhead? Uh, fairly good. Exactly. There because you go. There's because some good leadership. Yeah, they they're actually pretty good down there. And yeah, they, they have don't some, have SKs down there though. No, they have the crate mods, but they have the smaller tire, and then they've got that big tour type modified thing. That how are they at Jennerstown? Running. Pretty good. I don't think they run they, weekly at Jennerstown. They don't have modifieds there. Yeah, and they don't run mods there. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I get your point. Um, they run New really, England's Mahoning, the only place that has actual SKs. Mahoning Valley runs kind of a modified as well, and they do very well as well. So, and there people seem to enjoy running there. It's mostly yeah. it's we're existing in a plane where both could be a viable thing. That's actually something helpful to everyone. You need ownership. You need officiating. You need staff that is generally good to the racers and know what they're doing and you need rules that make racing more affordable to attract people to it that's basically everybody yeah i'm sorry i don't think think all the tracks it's not that as an option it's not the only problem we have more modifies than there were ever in the history of time Mm -hmm. so what what, it the only difference is with it is 
either what type of rules there are or who the management is. When Thompson ran on nights that were more uh, appealing to people, the the racers showed out. Yeah, but they when they run on week, good car when they counts. run on very very limited schedules with a weeknight race, they don't show up. So it's not it's not the rules. It's the same rules as Stafford. So it's definitely yeah. opportunity and. Uh, the staff is good, but again, getting on a weeknight, especially like in the middle of the week, Friday is excusable because it's the end of the week for the vast majority of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stafford will never struggle for SKs, right. no matter what. They they could have the worst ownership in the world, and I think they would keep SKs just because it is the home of the SKs. I disagree. I also disagree that you can screw up a good I thing. I, I agree 100%. There's no chance Stafford's ever going to conform to some other set of rules no they're they're so stubborn they're they're only ever gonna they're only ever gonna run their own rules and everybody else kind of just and as long as they're bringing in 30 for both those divisions there's no reason for them to change i don't think they had 30 though that's kind of the problem jesse what's the did you have the their car counts have slowly been wait i got it dropping down with the you always do with at towards the end of the season anyway so been multiple years and it's been since the beginning of the year I mean, they were stubborn they were stubborn no. with the geometric late models and that that kind of came back a little bit i know it's tapered off it's but like really Bill said, falling it's off the home again, of the yeah. sk modifies there's even lesser yeah. chance they were gonna i mean they had 22 yeah it's I'm also just getting late in the year a couple people fell out it happens. Add an option and make it more affordable. An affordable jump for the SK light guys that may not have a big budget that want to go race with the big guys. I think in Phil's scenario, you'd see a jump of 5 to 10. But it might be bigger than that in a five-year period. But that's And the other long-term. tracks, if you did that, I think the other tracks would gain more cars as well. Again, Probably a dramatic number. Again, I think that it would, to be fair. SK lights had 30. Yeah. And they don't pay anything. And they have crate motors. <laughs> but, I mean, it's more affordable, and they don't pay shit. So. It's still the same amount of money to run them. Though. Right, still, exactly. Then it's to wreck them. Minus motor issue, you know, uh, minus engine upkeep. It's basically the same to run them. Yeah, you're right. I that's, mean, they do the run problem. spec shocks as well, so that's a little cheaper as well. So, but anyway. Yeah, the, the motor upkeep is what, what I've seen a couple people bail out of SKs for, is you don't want to have to rebuild a motor every... 10 races because they run everything so lightweight it doesn't last but again 22 cars late in the season there's seven races left that's pretty good we're not going to poo poo that i don't want to buy a new crate motor either because it gets a little hot too <laughs> that's don't don't get it hot don't run to don't run uh forget it i'm not going to go there i already swore myself to secrecy um <sighs> by the way yeah we could talk about that too i mean they we We've we've beaten this horse to death already, but with the cost of racing, can we not make the street stock guys and support divisions there pay fifteen dollars a gallon for racing gas when they don't have to? There's ways around it. I mean, can we be? There's you got to understand one thing. Yeah, those crate when, mo- yeah those crate engines run on swamp water. They run on ninety two octane. Ugh. When I you run get, mine on ninety one. Yeah, I mean, in you can't, Florida, here's which the you can't thing. get, you can't spend the extra dollar per gallon for friggin' jungle juice, ninety three octane. We're not allowed to run <laughs> it's forty cents anything a gallon. with ethanol, so we have. Yeah, to run he can't run ethanol, non ethanol fuels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're. Oh, you even have that option. In he Florida. can go to That's the pump awesome. and get it. Yeah, we can't get that. We have to run corn oil in ours. I yeah, forgot. It we sucks live in, for us. We live in a 
dystopian. But again, I mean, look at how much fuel prices are right now. They're they're approaching for ninety eight octane. They're approaching like thirteen, fourteen dollars a gallon now. It's getting ridiculous. Can you see a? I mean, street stocks are a, a cheaper division that run a V eight. You know what I mean? They eat a lot of fuel regardless. So you're forcing guys because, and I read it in the rules. I went and did my homework. It says it in the rules because they don't want people playing with concoctions of fuel and hurting parts and breaking engines. Well, newsflash, any, anybody who understands engines and tuning will, un, will know you octane is meaningless if you do things like lean the motor out way too much, run too much timing. You know, something happens where those things kind of occur. You could break a distributor and the advanced curve will send it to the moon and it just blows the thing up because it's pinging and you don't notice it or something. Or you just go by what the book says and you'll be fine. That's you, all you gotta you, do is read the book. Or you clog a freaking like a bleed or a uh, what is it, high speed air bleed or something in your carburetor, a chunk of shit goes in there and it leans out and you blow your motor up. If you lean the motor out, it doesn't matter the octane, you're gonna blow it up. If you put too much timing to it, it'll blow it up. Octane is meaningless. Making guys run 98 octane at 12, 13, whatever dollars a gallon straight is ridiculous. And it's not really that hard to tech either, especially if you understand a little bit of chemistry. It's not. The specific gravity of pump gas 93 and Sunoco 260 are relatively the same. Yeah. It's a little bit of a heavier type of fuel and whatever. And you know how you test for ethanol? Yeah. You pour water in it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you know, if you run if you run something like a Sunoco 110 or a 112, their specific gravity is much much less. The color is different in the fuel. It's very easy to test, especially if you keep the conditions like, i.e., the temperature, the humidity, and, and everything else. You you have those things relatively the same. Easy to replicate. Easy to test. You're gonna find out. I mean, you want to know one reason? Really why, easy to detect. Sorry. You want, you want to know one reason why I don't race Stafford weekly? I can't afford the fuel. I can't do it. That's a lot of goddamn money. It's a ton of money. It's and they, it's like a hundred make you hundred and forty dollars a week. Yeah, I believe they make you present a uh, a receipt too if they question where you bought your fuel. Yeah, it's like a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars a week. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? That's just racing fuel. Then you need tires. Then you. It's like I'm running a street stock. I'm not running something that like I need to spend a whole shitload of money on. This is a beginner division. I can't afford to run anything else. On uh, my open motor, with nine and a half to one, can tell this now because it's all over with anyway. Yep. All I had to do was satisfy the lead requirements of the engine, which means I can't run straight gas, straight pump gas. Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna work. It's gonna run lean out and to and blow up. Yeah, the octane okay. rating need to be a little higher. So all I had to do was satisfy the lead requirement, which means that or I can octane, run. Yeah, yeah, for the lead requirement for for whatever. So all I had to do was run twenty five percent pump, twenty five percent race gas, and seventy five percent pump gas. Ninety three from the pump, and I would get. I would. I would be able to. Race to, just fine. Yeah, I'd be able to race just fine as far as the lead requirement and as far as the oxygenation. Well, you had hardened valve yeah. seats, so you didn't need lead. But yeah, yeah, one quarter, one quarter racing gas, three quarters racing fuel. That was I'd satisfy the racing uh, oxygenation, and I would ha- achieve maximum horsepower. 
Yeah, and it would be your octane, whatever you needed to, to avoid pinging, and you know, run the timing you needed and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so and that was an open that was an open motor with more compression and you know more octane requirement than a crate motor. A crate motor is low compression, low duration. It doesn't need octane. We don't need to be doing this. This is an extra added expense when inflation is freaking like nine and a half percent, and people can't afford shit. And it's like, why are we doing this? You're seeing the car counts drop everywhere because you're forcing this down their throats. You can sell Sunoco 93 Octane at the track if you want to police it that way. You could do that. You could ask Sunoco to bring that in. Sure you could. And you could sell it for half the damn price, and people would be fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm you actually could... shocked that Stafford still brings in a truck instead of having uh, pumps installed somewhere. It might that, just make more I... sense. Yeah, I get it. It just seems it might not. It just might not be necessary. Just bring right. a truck in. You'll have fresh fuel every time. Well, there's EPA. There's all kinds of other things. Yeah, about I'm sure putting that's tanks probably in the a lot. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And you plus you can you can do it's a, a lot of headache. Day, it's probably a big headache and just not worth. It's probably not worth their time to have fuel on site because they don't need it on site. Thompson has it on site because they have road course racing and people buy it at the pump there. They so. run every day. Yeah. So so they always have a use for it. But anyway, getting on topic again. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a hill. Yeah, I'm, later. It's a hill I'm going to die on. It's unnecessary, and I hate doing that. I really do. Anyway, I think they could fix it, and I guarantee you gain car counts just by cutting costs to the racers. You don't pay them shit anyway. Why make them pay more for fuel in one night than what they're going to get in a paycheck? I feel bad for the renter race car guys having to spend that money. Oh my god, they must spend a fortune. Uh. Anyway, let's go to Waterford. We were there as well, filming for Sid's View. By the way, those videos are all coming out now. You can go watch them at uh, youtube.com slash Sid's View. We did the Fast 3 event, the final Fast 3 event of the season at Waterford, which featured a $3,750 win, I believe, 50-lap SK Modified race. All right, we'll go in order as I took video. Yeah, right now, Sid is locked in the box right now and is totally glued in. He hasn't blinked in about four minutes. Nope. Watching two screens, video editing. So, mini stocks. I was taking notes after filming these uh, events. Veteran racer uh, Rick LaFleche, which, by the way, Rick is a party. Uh, we used to hang around him all the time at Thompson back in the early 2000s. He used to run a uh Sid's got something to say. Go ahead. I just want to say what I said before, but now on the air, so people can appreciate your dedication that you were taking notes for the podcast during the cautions while you were filming Sid's view. Impressive, impressive stuff, friendly. Cautions and after the features, because Bonsa would take care of the podium. So I'm like, good, I got time, and I'd put the thing down and start taking all my notes. <laughs> and then I'd get a text recap too. Yeah, I'm like this guy did this. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. So, veteran. By the way, Rick Lafleche. Yeah, former late model racer at Thompson. Won a bunch of races. Uh, our f- old drinking buddy, go drink a lot of beers at the top of the hill, old Rick. Yep. Is yeah. he related to Eric LaFleche? Doubtful. No, his father was Dick LaFleche. Yeah. Uh, he was a very prominent racer at Thompson and Waterford. will chime in here. Okay. Yeah, 1978 <laughs> co-grand American champion with Donnie Fowler. Right there you the go. There you go. My man. All right. <laughs> my man yeah so dick had a good career rick yep. rick was uh strong at thompson i don't remember him winning a title but i know he got close a few times yeah he so. would bang wards uh 
bank fenders <laughs> with the formerly uh, neon Woody Pickett. Oh, they used to put on some battles up there. It was fantastic to watch. Yeah, he was a great driver, and he kind of yeah. And it's didn't we put Ricky in your car one night? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. He had a great time. He drove yeah. a really good race. He finished in the top. Six? Yeah, something like that. It yeah. was like seventh or eighth. Brian McCarthy ran your car once. He finished like what? Fifth? Top Fourth? five. Yeah, yeah he top five the thing. <laughs> put Moose. Sideways the whole freaking time. Then we put Moose in the car once because you weren't running a full season for some reason. Yeah, he Moose was. was running for points. And he won the 50 lapper in your car. <laughs> yeah. Helped so, him win the title that year. But yeah, we are, uh, think, yeah. yeah, Rick is following the kind of the Dave Trudeau book, uh, Uncle Dave book, which is, you know, Dave was a really, really prominent late model racer, especially oh, yeah. at Thompson. Dave was he was really good. very good, very well seasoned, you know, lots of success and whatever. And mmm. and then got the opportunity to run a May stock car. And, and yeah, he went back into whole, minis and he said, to hell with it. I love it here. Yeah, had a lot of fun with that. So he went to mini stocks, had a ball, and continues to have well, a ball and have a lot of success. That's one thing I can't stand about a lot of racers. Yeah. They'll start out, you know, low and they'll work their way up divisions and they'll get up pretty high. And then for some reason it just starts to fall apart for them like they can't keep running in that higher division and they just bail out of racing. Why can't they just go back down and keep racing? Like Dave, I think they ran out of funding or something happened. So he's like, Well the hell with it. I'm not running this car anymore. I'll go back to mini stocks. Yeah, he went no, back there and he had a freaking ball. It's he's an still ego thing. It. Yeah. Yeah, why have the ego when you could just have fun? I told somebody who was an SK racer who was struggling with budget, I said, you know, go walk over to the flag stand. This was back when Waterford had the old grandstands, obviously, and they had the the trophies right next to the flag stand in that big wooden box. I said, go walk over there and tell me if the trophy size for a sportsman and an SK are any different size. They're not. They're not. At Stafford, they might be, but... uh, Good point. I think Stafford gives out those. They, Stafford's got probably the best trophies around now. They look they look really cool. I got a up I, close and personal look at them this week. They were really neat. I would love one of those. I know that's one. I have one goal left. Well, two goals left in racing: win a championship and win a race at Stafford. I want to do both of those. So anyway, we were talking about. I remember being young and having hopes and dreams too. <laughs> I just there's a there's a racer from up there that now lives down here and I race with, and uh, he struggles. Hmm. He, he's out budgeted, and, and I constantly say, "Why don't you drop down to a pure stock or a street stock?" Oh, I can't do that. It it means I failed. No, it no, doesn't. You're still racing. You didn't make it, it to cup. That means you failed. If you're not winning, <laughs> you failed. Yeah, pretty much. If you move down and you're able to win, because the competition level. I mean, it's all relative to me. There's good competition in mini stocks, good competition in street stocks, all the way up. Yeah. Nothing's easy. But if you can go and race within your means and win and be competitive, that's not failure. That's success. Yeah. Racing is and racing. I- and if you're racing on a local level, no matter what, it doesn't matter if you what you're racing in. As long as you win, that's all that matters. Yeah. I've you been know. considering dropping down to a street stock or a PR stock or a truck or something that I'm more familiar with and more comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, just I'm- because I just haven't been able to get the feel I want in the in the sportsman, and I just it's so damn competitive. I'm I know I'm not going to win anytime soon. It's ridiculously tough. If I could drop down to spectator drags, I think I would. 
<laughs> you might have to. You got a car for you can do it that you don't care about. So I do. You do have Some, one. It's it's okay to take a step back and regroup. It genuinely is. But anyway, one who actually took that advice was Rick LaFleche. He led the field to green in the mini stocks at Waterford, and he would retain the lead for a handful of laps until Charlie Canfield took control of the lead. So, race over, right? Well, wrong. After a long stretch nope. of green, Rick came back to life to challenge Canfield for the lead again. They would race side-by-side side for laps on end, and coming to the line, it was essentially a dead heat. Uh, Race Monitor, the scoring program, said the margin of victory was .000, which means it probably had to go down even further than that. Uh, yeah, to, to the one to determine a winner, but I did actually see a picture from the start finish line that was taken about a foot before the line, and I could see Canfield had yeah, that was TK photos or something. I think Mitch caught him. Yeah, TK. I think Mitch yeah. caught that the finish of that race. By and about I could see inches. I could see about an inch or two that Charlie was just barely ahead. So you know nothing against Canfield, but no, damn, I was like, I, I know, I really wanted here. Rick to win that Rick to so win bad. That that was he, cool. It almost looked like Rick just said, "Okay, you got me right now. I'm going to take a few laps, chill out, just falling behind, take again, care of my stuff, and then take another charge at it." Again, Rick's a veteran, so he was probably just hanging on to his stuff, like you said. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was a killer race. Oh, it was so good. It was like the third time all year that the mini stocks came down to decimal points, you know? Mini stocks never disappoint at the speedball. They ever. don't. They really don't. And the, the way the track grip is, it's really, really tough, you know, to for them to uh, not have good finishes because it's gripped up on the top, but the short way around's on the bottom, and they're not as fast as an SK. So they can make it work, and it's it pretty interesting. Almost looked like the mini stock guys were trying to de-wedge the car a little bit with the left front on the apron on entry. And it's fresher pavement probably down there, so they can probably still yeah. get some grip on it. Which um, I can't figure out why nobody else is trying that yet. I'm sure that this is likely the closest finish in Waterford history. I mean, I don't I don't recall ever seeing anything .000 before. I'm sure it's happened, but I've you know it's been either a long time, I don't remember, or... It's not written down. I don't know. <laughs> they did have co-winners at Stafford one night. Yeah, they couldn't figure it out because of the by the camera, and I think the scoring said zero 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 or something like that. Yeah, and they just said we'll just both win here. We'll both take a trophy. <laughs> it's essentially a dead heat. You can't determine a winner. Yeah, that was Scott Garrity and someone else. I can't remember who it was. He got a trophy out of it. Yeah, he got a trophy out of it. I saw it last week. The other guy got one or two right. weeks ago. Yes. I mean, it still kind of counts. If you can't determine a winner, then, well, I guess you both won. You can't both Winner's finish a second. Fight to the death. Yeah. Hey, all right, fight it out in the pits. Let's do this right here in victory lane. All right, Sid's hey, chiming in. Interesting, interesting speedball history nugget. Back in, like, the 50s and 60s, before, obviously, more advanced scoring, uh, if they had a photo finish, you know, they raced Saturdays and Wednesdays back then. So, like, if Bill Slater and Fred Lucchese had a photo finish on Saturday, they would not declare a winner or give out a trophy and have them do a 10-lap match race the following Wednesday to determine who gets the, the person. I the like they that. Need to, they need to do that. That's, That's awesome. brilliant. That's I brilliant. Like that. that brings in more people on the Wednesday show. Yep. Exactly. All right, let's do that. Sean, are you listening? Let's do that this week. <laughs> Five-lap duel, de- duel for the cash. 
fight send those death. two guys out there, and whoever wins, wins. All right. Make, make them swap cars, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going that far. All right. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's the closest finish in Speedball history, but I'll just claim it for this time. Yeah, I got into a little chatter uh, about that on my Facebook page. I mean, it was point zero zero zero. How could you be better than that? <laughs> I mean, you can tie it, but it's got to be the closest. It's, and I mean, you could actually determine a winner based on the picture, so it's got to be the closest. I yeah, mean, the only on. thing, the only thing I could think of is the Tyler uh, Chadwick, oh, Chadwick and Keith Rocco finish. Rocco was right. pretty damn close. That zero, was the zero, only one, one that was. I think that was any, you yeah. know almost as close. Double oh one or something, right? Mark Mark Pianaroni had one in a mini stock tour race again. I forget who the guy was, but same thing. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, Speedball's having some pretty good finishes. They didn't have, I'll be honest with everybody, they didn't really have the car counts. But the action was pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, It was really good racing all night. I mean, I think top car count was like 14 for the trucks. And I think Only takes two to make a race. It was fantastic racing in all the fender divisions. I'll be honest, SK race was a little bit meh, but, I mean, that's probably kind of car count and track grip issues because they're all running the top now so it's like the anyways uh, a, a decent race also was the street stocks brian norman led the pack to green would lead the first half of the race a couple cautions throughout would tighten the field up but at the halfway point tony macrino would take the lead away aaron plemons made a bold three wide move to take second from norman and immediately put pressure on macrino for the lead uh, taking it around six laps to go. A restart would tighten it back up late, but nobody would deny Aaron Plemons from his third win. I believe his third win of the year. I'd have to recheck that, but I think it was his third of the year. He that was car's fast. He was quick, like very quick. Like he, they, they'd had some setup issues. I talked to Brandon. Yeah, he's been in the quick. Parking lot he's a little been bit quick earlier. out of the womb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, earlier in the year they had some setup issues, but they really figured it out. So. All right, late models. This thing's getting really long. We're at two, almost two hours, and uh, we're still in yeah the Speed Bowl episode, so I don't care. Whatever. You're all getting a long episode again this week. Late models. Derek Anderson would lead the field to green, led a lot of laps ahead of Jason Palmer and Ray Christian third. Uh, until a yellow flag flew when Christian got crossed up, did a 360 going into turn three, kept it going, but the 50 of Mike Benavidez spun to avoid hitting him. And uh, he didn't get going, and he brought out a caution. That was um, an interesting incident. It really was. Um, yeah, it, I, people were all asking, why didn't Christian go to the back for that? I'm like, he kept going. Yeah, he was in the caution car. The 50 was. He grabbed a gear and kept rolling. 50 car spun to avoid smashing into him, which I don't blame him. Uh, self-preservation kicked in. and Almost looked like uh, Palmer rear- tried to cross over the two car and... Didn't know Ray Ray was there. Yeah, I got just short track crossed up, you know, a little bit of tight racing. It just happens. I thought Ray was going in head on, too. He might. He almost did. It was close, but he got the things whipped back around and it was, look out. Uh, So anyway, um, let's move on in that one. Palmer definitely got the advantage on the restart, a little more than I kind of expected, but we'll gloss over that. Uh, but Jordan Adley would had enough power and uh, handles there to challenge uh, Palmer for the lead, which was nice to see as someone else putting that in there because it was usually just a Ray Christian and uh, Jason Palmer battle all year long. 
Christian was still there, though, because he spun and kept going. He made a three-way battle for the lead, uh, but it was Palmer able to hang on for the win. I believe Christian held on for third. I think Hadley was second. I'm not sure. Yeah. Watch the Sid's yep. View episode. And <laughs> anyway. It was, a, it was a really, really good race, so definitely watch it. Yeah. Trucks. Oh, boy. They water them all up. <laughs> Turn one lap on. Halfway through the first lap, actually. Uh, Randy Burr led the field to green, but a few trucks right behind him got stacked up off of two, essentially erased half the field. Uh, some would return after repairs. Lots of contenders, including the Taylors, Kyle Giro, the Monahans, Brian Norman in the other 81 truck. Uh, Bert Ouellette and others were taken out of contention in that wreck. They would, Some of them would continue, but uh, Brody Monahan had a tough hit. Uh, he tried to come low to avoid, but didn't really slow down a heck of a lot and absolutely plastered someone head on. It was a big hit. Uh, let's see. I lost my notes. Anyway, uh, future. Uh, yep. Okay. So let's go to new. Yeah. Okay. That's the right notes. Right. <laughs> Newcomer to asphalt racing. Andrew Pellegrini took control after that, and he was able to run away. He's in the Jimmy Boyle looking truck, but it's the number six instead of the two. I don't mm -hmm. think it's the same truck. It just kind of looks similar. Uh, and uh, Randy Burr tried to really reel him in late, but he just couldn't quite catch Pellegrini, who took down his first win on asphalt. Apparently, the guy used to race side by side off road racing. You know how you do the trucks or cars and you know the ATV side by side thing, and they have that kind of racing. Apparently, yep. he raced side by sides, like and he was pretty Baja successful. And stuff. Kinda, yeah, like you know the stadium super trucks or stadium trucks or you know the Lucas Oil trucks. Mm -hmm. They or would the have stuff you see at Monster Jam. Yeah, they'd have the side by sides racing. He would run one of those, and That's he, pretty interesting. he bought an asphalt truck, and he's been struggling, struggling, you know, figuring it out. And then he picked up his first win. Very so good. I was like, hey, there you go. We got a new asphalt racer. He seems to be liking it. Picked up a win. That's cool. Uh, so he made that transition this year. All right. So the SK race. Finished out the night. This was another early night because everything went fairly clean, except for a few cautions here and there and a giant truck wreck. Uh, I think we got some good shots of that one, probably. Let's see. Oh, Sid's no, he's chiming in. <laughs> it's actually, uh, so I'm editing the street stocks and trucks uh, in the same episode, and I'm just finishing the street stocks. So um, the one bummer is uh, we put a camera in Brody's car, but we didn't have the stickies for the roof. Yeah. So when Russell would turn them on, we, it was inside the car and we missed it. Yeah, I, um, I wish we had the sticky or else we would have had that one on the roof and it would have been like everybody else. We would have remembered it and right. found it. And... I, I glanced at Emma's, Kyle Garrow's, and Bert Alette's, uh footage. They all captured it right in the middle of it, and there's some cool drone shots of uh, pulling the carnage apart. So Oof. we got some good content with that one. What's the episode name? Dueling Disasters? Street stocks and trucks. Uh, good question. I, I'm not quite sure yet. It might just be simply, you know, streeters and trucks. But we'll see if I can, if it's, something more appropriate is. It's uh, the same as every other one. The, the good, the bad, and, and the ugly. Now. Well, I used to, I used to get all into the episode names to the point where I would literally like sit for like 20 minutes to try to find something creative. And now I, I my brain, I think, doesn't work that well anymore. So I just put it I out. Know. Yeah. G chassis carnage. Yeah, I'm into 124 25. I don't know how many it is. 
hundreds of episodes and I still haven't reused a title yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to keep going here. All right, so the final Fast 3 event, I, I believe it was actually originally scheduled for 80 laps, but officials made the call because of car count to shorten it to 50, but pretty sure they still paid out, um, which is cool. Don't keep everybody there to watch a strung-out race all night, you know. Uh, had a pretty decent crowd, too. The crowd wasn't bad. I wouldn't I, If it was normal weekly crowd, I wouldn't complain about that too much. Then again, we have a third of the grandstands that we used to have. So Yeah, right. When we were sitting there, it felt like there was more than when I look at the drone footage in the edit, and it doesn't look as full. It always looks like there's more people when you're in the grandstands than when you're out of right. them. Yeah. I don't know. But it didn't seem as bad as it used to. Is it because so, they sell beer now? They didn't have beer this week. No. No, they I guess they had it previously <laughs> scheduled they had it. somewhere else. They yeah, had it was discussed as discussed in the pit ramblings of the first since view episode. The yeah. uh beer vendor I believe was booked for Saturday, but we'll be back for the next three. Yeah, they'll be back for the next few few weeks. It wasn't just a tri track thing. They're Sean's bringing them back. It's just they're working yes, on it. Now that the beer See, is back, I just, now it's just the, the clock is ticking to when you walk out of UPS and come back to Sidsview. Yeah, you see, you, you know, it's, it's no see you later. It's no fun when I, you know, when I have to bring my own beer. You know, it's, it's funner if I have to sneak it in. It's, you know? Give me a draft, a tall know? boy. That's that's more fun. Yeah, count the cups. Yeah, yeah, UPS. Yeah, big brown. You could make a big brown shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, See, Rob... I didn't mention them by name, so they can't sue. So fuck them. Fair. Okay. Rob Janovic Jr. led the field to green, and that was short-lived as Anthony Flannery took the lead, I think, from the outside again, because the outside lane works. They should spray the bottom. Make that work again. <laughs> spray about, half of the bottom. How about run a harder tire and not put and get rid of and leave the maple syrup to Canada? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Spray Coke spray, on the bottom. Spray it right along the bottom line, half a groove, just like they do at Bristol. No. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Leave that garbage I'm there. I'm just throwing ideas. Hey, Stafford sprayed the top. That's why everybody's running the top. Anyway, yeah. that might have been a while you ago. You can't run indie cars on that stuff. Nope, they suck on it. No, they um, die. <laughs> that was can't run indie cars on a short track Lannery's anyway. lead was also short-lived as Eric Burnt, winner of the first two Fast 3 events, would then take the lead a few laps later. Flannery would pester the back bumper for a good handful of laps until Burnt started to pull away. Uh, let's see here. The whole race went gr- almost green to checker. Almost. Uh, with four, four to go, there was a spin, brought out a yellow and a late caution, obviously. Wouldn't do much to alter the finish, except Andrew Moeller would wrestle second from Flannery, but Burnt would not be contested as he would sweep all of the Fast 3 events at the racetrack. Yeah, so he's 100% on Sid's view coverage. And he still won't allow us to put a camera in his car. Come on. Who are we talking about? Burnt. Oh, yeah. He's on our list. The only difference <laughs> between Burnt and Rocco is, is that Eric has been a quality sponsor. Of Sid's view with North End Auto Parts, so I don't bust his balls as much as I do with Keith. Right, we can't but, do that. Yeah, it is a bummer, though, because he's got a fast car, for sure. So what you do is when he's sitting in line, just walk up behind the car with a sticky mount, stick one on the back real quick, and walk away like it never happened. He'll never know. Until <laughs> afterwards. He'll probably know. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want like, to risk the sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, that's kind of. We won't step over that boundary. It's fine. That, that goes back to the on board series. We, uh, I think that we did Ronnie Williams and Christopher with big hits, and I think we went Galco, and he was the fourth one, and uh, and he balled it up on like the third lap, and that was the end of the cameras on Eric Burns cars. So I get that. Yeah. For a long time, I refused to run a camera because like, every time I just wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things though. Like Keith, we have so many cameras now that um, we can we can still get good coverage. Plus, Eric, every time we've been there, Eric's been checking out, so this footage would have stunk anyways. I'm envisioning Sid sneaking his little Italian ass up behind there with a sticky mount on a lipstick camera and just he wouldn't even have to crouch running down away. So short. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I got footage of that. Don't worry. Yeah, Brent got multiple footage of me trying to get the camera. <laughs> and I'm like That's zooming. I'm like panning that. down to him on tippy toes, not be able to reach it, and I just kind of reach over there with my own monkey arms uh, and just go ahead and do it for yeah. him. Yeah, I'm getting old now. I'm probably getting shorter. <laughs> You do shrink with age, I think. I probably will soon enough well, after strapping myself into a race car for It so is long. inevitable. We don't get out of this world alive. Everybody got to die sometime, Red. <laughs> <laughs> Another platoon reference. Boom. I like it. All right. I didn't watch the uh, truck race at all, by the way. Uh, oh, I, think I did. Some guy named Chandler Smith won. Um, Jesse, yeah, if he you know much, what happened, you tell me. He pretty much dominated the race. I mean, and I wanted to watch because it's Richmond. It's kind of a short track, so it's like I want to. I like the truck. It was kind of cool. The only controversy was is like, hey, listen, uh, I see Carson Horseface Savar. Yeah, yeah, he was ready to go lap down under green, and, and he ended up balling up some other guy. Dumped a lapper just so he, he just go dumped lap a down. lapper right before he went a lap down. So that's shitty. Usually, you know, there's supposed to be a rule that says, "Oh, hey, listen, there's uh, if you go lap down and you cause the caution, well, then you're not allowed to get your spot back or earn a free pass or whatever." But now nah, he got away with it. So NASCAR so doesn't penalize anybody. NASCAR don't Post care. Savar is two for two on the week on dumping a lap or when he's about to go a lap down because he did the same thing at Berlin. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. In the super. Yep. Yep. He was going lap down a super. Yeah, Berlin. Yeah, Battle kid's a Berlin. fucking hack, <laughs> dude. Really, in a, it, he's a big name, and he. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Man, with the he, movies, he, he went from leading to getting lapped, and then because he intentionally drew the yellow, they put him two laps down in that Berlin race. You see, at least Berlin <laughs> has actual officiating, and it's not you know. Was that a CRA race? Nihilistic. No, that scumbags. was an SRL race. Ricky oh, Brooks. Oh, yep. You ain't doing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he learned the Ricky way really quick. Good, Whoopsie. Good actual leadership within an organization. Good. Weird, huh? Good. Oh, but if Ricky makes a call, it's all about him, and he's trying to insert himself because idiot fans think that. Hey, listen, Brent, listen. And when the machine breaks down, we break down. That's three, Brady. That's, that's three. <laughs> that's three. <laughs> I we should start the... talking about the super races so these these uh, episodes can be four hours long, too. Yeah, right? Why not? I don't care. I didn't get to watch any of the North Wilkesboro stuff, which I'm kind of mad about. I didn't have... Well, I didn't have time, so what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I have time. I honestly didn't watch it either. I still haven't gotten to sit down and watch it. I was too busy this weekend. I'm thinking about maybe buying it just so that I could burn DVDs and sell them bootleg style. <laughs> <laughs> Could make uh, a couple extra bucks and coinage off that. Well, not anymore. They know about it. 
All right, I'll, I'll move to the Cup Series at Richmond because there's a talking point that we got to po- uh, touch on here. Yeah, go for it. All right, Kyle Larson led the field from the pole. Ross Tastain took the lead immediately from the top. That seems to be a, the theme of this show. Should we just name it from the top? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Within the first <laughs> couple minute. of laps, what? He's, a, a top is better than being the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. That's it. I don't know, but it sounds like the right way to go. I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyway. I'm not involved in that kind of lifestyle. It's just different. I don't know. No no harm, no foul, but, you know, I'm not going to knock it if you try it, but, I mean. I suck cock, and I love it. Yummy, 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 yummy. (laughs) We always fall apart at the end. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Where do you find this shit? I mean, seriously. I don't know these guys. Well, that's a uh, Homeland reference with Claire Danes, so that's okay. That's oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know that one. All right, so Ross Chastain took the lead immediately. He would basically lead the whole first stage, I think, and I think Tyler Reddick spun out once at some point. Uh, Joey Logano would take the lead early in stage two. I think he led like 222 laps of this thing. Uh, he'd yep. win stage two. Okay, so what does everyone think of this Kyle Busch Ty Gibbs incident that happened on this race? I I was laughing because I only caught the ha- the back half of it, so I forgot I exactly what happened there. So Ty came down on Kyle is really what it was. Crowded him down, and Kyle just kept his nose in there, didn't lift, and shot Ty up the track a little bit. Don't so the him. next corner. Ty didn't like it, went in there and just got on his bumper, throttled up just enough to give him a little punt, wiggled him up the track and drove by. And mm. then they ran side by side for like 10 laps after that and never touched. Again, I it, it started a whole bunch of rumors. You know you want to play that thing. What? The, the... You're another movie reference for the, yeah, okay. What's that? <laughs> what? what, what, what... Oh shoot! Yeah, I'm trying to just direct Jesse, but I oh, can't. Yeah. I don't well, know sign I'm language, there. so it's really hard. Uh, no, no problem. Thank you for feeding me. <laughs> I, that that's my part of it. So I'll I'll get to that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. I I don't know. There's a lot of people. I'm just no. We're not adding it in post. We got it. It's fine. But anyway, um, we don't edit these shows. Are you kidding me? Have you listened to one of these? Anyway, uh, I it swirled a whole bunch of rumors about Ty Gibbs's future with. You know his grandfather's team, obviously, and Kyle Busch's future, and all these other things, because the Kyle Busch's contract negotiations are a big talking point and issue with NASCAR. And you see, it seems like that that Kyle Busch is like is just saying, "Hey, the, the inevitable is coming. That the, that the grandson is coming, and he's going to be the number one dog, and he's going to get everything, and everybody else is going to get garbage." So. Why should he sign with the team if he's going to be second fiddle as opposed to being an equal player with all the other teammates and whatever? And I think Kyle Busch has a lot of bar- uh, negotiation power here because he's the winningest driver in NASCAR. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to negotiate against that guy. I don't yeah. think he's the winningest. He's tied for the winningest active driver now. Well, who's the winningest active driver? Him him, and Kevin Harvick. Uh, only in Cup. Well, in Cup. I don't count the other series because he doesn't race them anymore. I said NASCAR, not NASCAR Cup Series. Yeah, he's talking about, yeah, Brent's talking about the AAA and AA uh, games that he played. Yeah, I said NASCAR, not Cup. Yeah. 
We're talking about the Cup Series as a whole, right? Yeah, now, so. and Phil's right too because they're tied with wins and whatever. Hmm. With sixty, I think. Well, now they are, <laughs> and they'll probably be teammates next year, more than likely, if they have enough money. But yeah, Gene Haas has plenty. Yeah, Gene Haas will absolutely kick Custer out of that car and stick Kyle Busch in there. No, if he, he has won't. A chance. No, I they disagree. Have an, they have an Xfinity team. No, he won't because he is because because. What's his name? Gene Custer's kid? What's his name? Joe Joe, Joe Custer. Custer. Yeah, Joe Custer runs the Formula One program. It's like a it's like a Tim Sindrick situation. That's not going to happen. Sorry. But who who's going to bring him more money and wreck less race cars? Well, the Formula One team is worth more. The Formula One team sucks. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. It does not I, matter. I, That's I, I honestly, there. They but, scored points this year. They can't suck that bad. That's neither here nor there. Eric Amarillo could be pushing into retirement pretty easily. Yeah, look at Carl Edwards. I mean, he already announced <laughs> retirement, so. Carl Edwards, uh, I don't think he retired on his own terms. I think he re- I think he retired. He got shoved of, out of that ride because they wanted to bring. He got shoved out of that ride because of Daniel Suarez, and they brought money to his front door and said, here, if you go right. away, we'll have Part you have this. Part of the yeah, NASCAR diversity program i think it was double digit millions they paid him to leave i don't think custer leaves Stuart haas i think he either gets bumped back to xfinity for a couple of years to rehone his craft or he moves to the 10 car he's he'll, too he'll, entrenched with it with handshake deals and whatever yeah. he'll he's move too, around he's but too entrenched bush will probably end up there at some point i don't think anybody if he becomes a satellite driver then maybe but it, it, he's gonna stay in cup he's too entrenched within the it's organization just, it's just too telling at this point he was to see. too destined like a like a tim Austin or, or he i don't know what's gonna really happen but they're kind of a front runner based on money but alone. anyway those three guys ty gibbs austin Sindrick, and cole custer yeah yeah you know, a lot of everybody those drivers are the austin, haves austin those guys dillon. are the extra haves yeah i mean austin dillon's a have but those guys are like Entrenched in the in the culture I mean, of the sport at this point. I mean that nut, that that bump that Ty Gibbs gave Kyle Busch is like, listen, listen. You know who my grandfather. You know who I am. That you know who I am. Do you know my name? It's one of those things where it's like, listen. You're being mean to my granddad, and I'm the future of the organization. Don't be mean to my grandpa. It's kind of like that scene in Reservoir Dogs. You know what? You know what it looked like to me, though. <laughs> that that move by Ty Gibbs to me was. Don't point, my, don't point that guy at my dad. <laughs> that, that move by Ty Ty Gibbs to me was. Don't push me around. I'm not going to take shit. Especially because you know who I am. I don't think that even matters. Yes, it does. I don't think matter. so. It matters so much because he's going to step it, in there and establish dominance. Okay, Ty, Ty Gibbs will be in the 18 next year. I'm going to say that for a fact. More than likely. Probably. But it's a, to establish dominance because it's like, listen, I'm the future of this organization. I'm going to be Joe Gibbs' number one driver. I'm more important than Toyota. I'm more important than everything. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Epic spit flying out of Chris Penn's uh, mouth during that scene. Dude, some of the oh, best in epic. history. I love it. Epic. By the way, epic how many spittle. How many movies are we up to? Five, six? What the hell? <laughs> At least. 
<sighs> he was very well. Bad. If we if we me- well if we mentioned Phil's Days of Thunder shirt for two weeks in a row, that's like seven. That's yeah. like seven. <laughs> that guy was really mad at Mister White. Yeah, don't point his gun at his dad. Well, don't point a gun at that okay. guy. Leave my Keith Rocco shirt alone. <laughs> he was nice enough to send me one, so Fair. that's cool. And it's awesome, but I'm just saying that it it just reeks of in- intent has a smell. Okay, <laughs> intent has a purpose. Intent reeks of smell, and it just smells like entitlement and narcissism. Mm. That's what it smells like. I have to say, though, about Ty Gibbs, I was very intrigued by his uh, Dale Jr. download interview. Didn't a lot of what he said, I didn't expect to hear. Definitely worth the listen. Yeah, I, I don't listen I to that listened. show, but I heard that Dale Earnhardt Jr. called. Uh, uh, Kyle Bush a hypocrite, which is well, gaining some traction. Which so is which is he's probably Gibbs right. And, <laughs> Ty Gibbs and Kyle Bush have been talking about racecraft and all that stuff, and Kyle Bush apparently told Ty Gibbs not to be throwing the middle finger out the window at people. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> which how many times have we seen Kyle Bush throw the middle finger out the window to somebody? How many times have I done? Right, it's a countless. lot. Yeah, I've well, actually never done that. I've done it countless times. I've never flipped anybody off in the race oh, car. Oh, I have in their face. Right I've now. given people the you know you can jerk <laughs> me off sign, but I've never ever gave anybody the finger. Oh, I, get, I flipped I give off it the flagman one night. That's about all I've done. Oh no, that's that's asking for it. I don't do that. I, I almost drive with it hanging out my window constantly. Yeah, like bad. <laughs> I gave it to uh, a few people in the last few. I think Hydar got it once at Stafford. Um, I gave it to Zach. I think this year at some point. Uh, I've, I've done it a few times. I think I gave it to Phil once. Yes, I definitely gave it to Phil once. Yeah, uh, I'm not opposed. But to that was I, I saw that in my rearview mirror. No, it was definitely out the side view because you poked me in the left rear when I was going to win my first race, and I flipped you off. Yeah, there's a there's a great picture of you sideways, me sideways, just after that contact too. Yeah, and my finger was probably already headed to the window. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time, constantly. So I gave people the I'm gonna cut your throat sign. Oh yeah. I gave people the I jerk you off sign. I wave to them, you know, or something. Yeah, if when you pass really them, pissed, you just wave pissed them. Pissed off if I pass them. <laughs> uh, but I've never gave anybody the finger. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, like I said. Anyway. I think, uh, Christ, I don't know. We could talk about Kyle Bush's shit forever and his contract stuff that we know nothing about behind the scenes, but, I mean, I don't care. I it, really it's, it's, it's a soap opera clearly, at this point. This is clearly the longest episode of the Making Less podcast. No, point. actually, we're eight minutes short of the longest. Oh, well, then talk about what you wanted to talk about. No, Let's wrap it up. Come um, on. <laughs> I'm done. I can't talk about Kyle Bush. It's not a five hour Jocko episode. Uh, Yeah, but his episodes are interesting. These are, this is interesting. (laughs) I love this episode so far. Oh, by the way, um, Kyle Bush and Ross Chastain would make contact. Speaking of that, Kyle Bush's fault. He said he got Ross. Kyle Bush's fault. I don't know about that. I don't know either. 100%. Uh, I say, if you watch that and blame Ross on that, you're blind as a fucking bat. Well, then I, I guess I gotta have thicker glasses because it, thought, he had a lot of room to the inside. I thought and, Ross kind of drifted up in. And him. to be fair, if you're Kyle Busch's spotter, how do you not say, "Hey, you're only too wide"? When there was just a little bit of bumper underneath the Ross, I'm thinking, you know, I'm sorry, but 
he's a double ace and he's on he's on track to be a triple ace by the end of Daytona. To me, that was a... I couldn't even hear that. Getting him kills. That's 13 kills. To me, that's That's that whole situation was Ross holding his line, trying to keep the, the 42 and give him room, and Kyle didn't know that they were still three wide. Did you see the wheel hop on Ross's car going in? No, he yeah, sent he it in sh- way too hard. He oh. shipped it in there, but he didn't drift up more than two, three feet. And Kyle was two, three feet outside and started coming down. And you Ross can watch, had, and Ross, watch the hashed lines on the track, and Ross doesn't cross above them. The and Kyle does come the down. And Ross had six to eight feet on the inside. Yeah, he had tons of room <laughs> on the inside that he not missed. Not on entry. Yeah, well, he missed it also, so I'd blame it on Ross more than i blame it on Kyle Busch. There's still a brake pedal. You could have done that before you go in the corner. If you're in the middle three wide, usually you're the guy that breaks, especially if you don't have position. But that's the either here nor there. NASCAR what are you going to do about the car on his bumper? NASCAR, well, car he should have held his line and hit the brake <laughs> a little bit more and stayed where he was. Where the nose misses, where no, nose misses the 18 I'll car. die on that hill. We know that uh, well, Phil is a diehard. Hurry it up and kill yourself, son. <laughs> so. Oh, I will blame Ross left and right for anything he does wrong, but that one was just a racing deal. Listen, he you're just you right are complicit because you are from Florida, and so is Ross. I don't give a fuck I think about you, Ross. You, you, no, that's what a Florida man would say. <laughs> Ross didn't do shit down here. You, he doesn't matter. You watermelon head piece of garbage <laughs> anyway i um, love you phil i don't That's care it's not, I, don't, I, don't I don't care in the least about those two. i'm not dying on that hill because i can't give a shit about the Cubs right series. kevin harvick took the lead late and held off christopher bell who spun earlier to win he won two in a row the most dangerous man in the cup series right now and every single talking head and pundit is going to repeat that mm-hmm. you could yeah because well they're all right they somehow, I don't know what We're it going is about to tr- Stuart Haas, but they somehow can figure out somebody to be good at the end of the year. It depends on how your team works. It depends on how your team operates. If you if you have an extended practice time, a team like Kyle Busch is going to win a lot of races and mm-hmm. then dominate the season. But since we don't have the practice time that we have anymore, him and, and his team and his process has to change a lot. And it's only been a couple years, and they you know, are a little bit of struggling or a little bit more equal than the rest of the other people. Now that we've gone to tracks twice this season, it seems like that the Stuart Haas team is really starting to make a little bit more headway because their approach to the race team, to the race craft or whatever during the race weekend is getting a lot easier. You know what it reminds me of? What's that? Tony Stewart, 2014. Yeah, he didn't have much of a, a regular season. Then you know they got to the playoffs, and they just kind of lit up. That, I'm glad you brought that point up, Phil. You know what it brings reminds me of? Every single one of Jimmy Johnson's championships. <laughs> he well, that's, was, he was Jimmy dog- Johnson and Chad Knauss admitted to doing that. They'd take it easy all year, learn things through the year, and then when it came playoff time, apply and just go for broke. Exactly. And at that point, nobody could learn what they learned. They all, yeah, they had an approach to it. They, they would NASCAR would change the rules in every year, and every single year, Chad Canales and Jamie Johnson would figure it out and figure out that hey, the end of the year was way more important than the beginning of the year, and go ahead and do God's work and just make throw egg all over NASCAR's face. 
Mm-hmm. I think what you're seeing right now is why Kevin Harvick is going to absolutely be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He very well could be. Yeah, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's already locked in. I think 60 so. career wins. Yeah, that's a big number. Doesn't he have a championship? He's got one, yeah. yeah one in tw- uh, 12. Oh, or... no, it was Tony Stewart was 2011 the year he he went on that late I thought run. He went 24, 2014 was when Harvick won. It's either or. I can't remember. Yeah, they're yeah they're yeah they're gonna be Hall of Famers, but yeah, that's fine. But yeah, so, he's definitely dangerous. F- um, Bell had Bell needed two more laps. Yeah, and, and he spun he out earlier. Yeah, he needed oh. two more laps. He had a great strategy, and uh, he was definitely coming along at the end. Bell needed two more laps if Harvick didn't miss the shift down the front stretch with two to go and one to go. Yeah. So there's I'll close. seventeen needed. Two pounds of air pressure out of the left rear tire. Yes. <laughs> he would have been all right. He ran a really good race. I'm very happy to see a new guy up in the top three. The uh, RFK cars are starting to turn around. I'll close it out by mentioning uh, rumors of Texas being reconfigured, all-star race possibly being taken, and the beginning of the end for the regular California track because pictures have surfaced on Twitter of cranes taking down grandstands at California. God damn it. Yes. And can I just say one more thing about the chase? Go ahead. Truex is done. Yeah, I think so. He ain't going to win on a road course. You know why? Because there ain't no country roads in New Jersey. There's way too many tolls. (laughs) Truex has won the majority of his Mm. races in his career on road courses, I think. Yeah, well... He, I don't know. He's not really known as a road course driver, though. How did he do in the last road course race? He, that team wasn't good all year, though. Ain't I can't compare true. anything from this year. He ain't no plate racer either. Daytona. No, that done. that's for sure. He's not a ro- restrictor plate racer. Nope. Nah, nah, he's done. So I don't again. think I don't think Dave Blaney's. Uh, Dave Blaney. Holy crap, Ryan, Ryan Blaney. Blaney's gonna. Get, Dave Blaney's definitely not getting in the chase. I don't think Ryan is either. He might squeak in. He's, I think, the only one with hope of squeaking in without a win. But if somebody else wins, can't he's say for sure. Dead. Daytona is such a crapshoot. It really you, is. Well, both of them are. Both the road courses are because Watkins Glen. Who knows? You got to beat. You get. Yeah, you got to beat. You're, you got to beat Ross Chastain. You got to beat the nine car. You got to beat the five car. You got to beat AJ Allmendinger if he's running. You got to beat a whole a whole bunch of other guys. Michael McDowell. There are, by the way, seven different countries represented in the Watkins Glen race by yeah. driver this year. Yep, seven. Yep, mention th- that, and that's cool. They got a lot of like one-off sports car and uh, former Formula One racers in this field. Yeah, like, you they try have to more than one. Kimi Raikkonen. They have. Kimi Raikkonen and Dan o- uh, Danny Kvyat, he's in this race as well. They're former F1 racers, lots of them. I'd have to look up the list again, but I just kind of remembered that off the top of my head. But it's seven different countries. That's including the United States, obviously. So six different uh, outside you know, uh, foreign racers, I'll call them. I don't know what to call them. But again, it's a one-off deal for a lot of these guys. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, again... I'm hearing unsubstantiated rumors at this point from I don't even know if there's even been any sort of solid um, proof of this from Texas about them possibly re-reconfiguring the track again. 
people are pointing to the fact that something changed on the schedule for them, but there's been no actual genuine uh, word from anybody reputable about anything going on at the track. Well, the the first word of it came on, I forget the name of the podcast. There's another podcast that's pretty prominent racing podcasts. Um, And it it was dropped on there that a, a reputable source made mention of that. Texas Motor Speedway was going to blow up the track and reconfigure it. Are so, they a few years too late on this info, or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, they do it. I mean that that place is absolutely terrible. It it was fine before, and it is god awful now. One and two is unusable, and three and four is like it used to be. So They're probably going to turn it into a restrictor plate track, just like Atlanta, since they started as sister tracks. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I think there's a lot of people saying that SMI, is it? They're very appreciative of having different stuff at their track. Like, they kept the Roval, and they kept... Uh, they they did something different with Atlanta, but they said that they're not... They're not expecting them to make Texas like Atlanta. If they're going to do not. something different, there's going to be something different. And I don't know what different is to them, but it's got to be something because the track is terrible. Texas. Maybe World they Speedway. make it an actual oval. Make it like Texas World again? Texas World yeah. Speedway. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, bring that back. Do it. Those two-mile tracks, you could, you could probably reconfigure, make it bigger like California because the two-mile tracks like Michigan and California were really good this year. Make it like that because California's going away. Then you bring that one up. So, hey, it's a good idea. All right, I am out of notes. Anybody got anything they wanted to add in? Sid does. Sid already reached it's for the got, mic. It's got to be the record now. <laughs> I think we might have hit it. Way longer than eight minutes. Oh, yeah. We're only 233. Add the music. It's probably a 240, 235. I don't know. It's I have uh, it's pretty close to two thirty something, but the longer so we take, trying to look drag it, it out, so we make it. Yeah, he's just trying to make right. sure that we keep rolling, so that we. Know I'm that stat geek. I want something. I want. I want a record here. Uh, let's see. You know what? Yeah, I think we definitely got it because I'm seeing an hour and a half, an hour and forty five, two hours, an hour and fifty five, two hours, hour and a half, hour and forty five. Then we go up to two hours, two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, we got the record. This one was nice. The the longest one was episode one twenty three at two two hours twenty seven minutes. This one is two hours and thirty five ish. So yeah, we got the record. Way to go, windbags! Congratulations. Yeah, my voice hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. Best episode ever. Maybe. I think I've already named one that episode or that name, so I can't use that one. In, so, all right, I have no more notes. We'll it's talk. Time to stop. <laughs> I was waiting for that one to keep rolling. Nobody's listening anymore. It's okay. That's you. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll talk more about Texas possibly being reconfigured and more about California turning into a short track, which it didn't need to do, but they're doing anyway before it had a chance to come back into good prominence with this new car. So they ruined it before they had a chance to make it great again, like Texas World Speedway. <laughs> All right, so I'm out of notes. Y'all had your chance to add something in, so I'm ending this thing. You can find a mistake that you just can't get out of, okay? Yeah, that's this show. We got anything, man. Let's keep it.
keep your pecker hard and your powder dry. And the four. Will turn. You got four platoon shots into this one? Oh, man. Good addition. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Send us some feedback to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com, or you can have your voice heard, which nobody actually does, at anchor.fm slash Making Laps. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, maybe if I actually decide to start using that again, at Brent Gleason01. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. You can find Phil at at PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find Jesse on this show. So, boy, how do we end the show? And please, for the love of God, do it nicely. He had a dentist appointment today, so give him some space. <laughs> Keep the door side down, Sam Fence. Thank you for listening. You can tell his teeth are definitely starting to grow back finally. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah! Oh, there it is. Yeah!